It's like when football pundits like interview fans on the street and they say, would you rather win the FA Cup or qualify for the Champions League as Spurs? Spurs aren't going to win the fucking Champions League, are they? Exactly. Take the trophy every time. Yes. In 50 years time, you look back and you say, Spurs are like a very proud cup team, right? Historically, they've got loads of cups. And looking back, say we've won 10 FA Cups. That's way more baller than we qualified for the Champions League six seasons in a row. It doesn't mean shit if you've got no chance to actually fucking... You know, you get a ticket to the dance, but you're not going to be voted fucking prom queen, are you? You're going to lose. So who gives a shit? Go home. You're ugly. You just crawl by did the dig at Spurs <laughs> fans there, specifically, you know. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Side Select. We've got some grumpy old men talking about esports today. And uh, we've got some different topics to go on here, different games. And uh, we've got some cool things to mention here, of course. The main one being uh, Counter-Strike 2, just around the corner and all that beautiful stuff. And uh, we're going to be tackling some topics Around that, my name is Soxhop. I'm joined by the lovely Thorin and Rich. As always, before we get on to the nitty-gritty of esports, I have a question for you guys. And it may come as a mega shock slash surprise that it is culinary related. You guys will know, but the audience probably doesn't. I was ill this past week. And when you're ill, your dietary intake changes. Okay. okay. Right? Two things that come up with that. Number one, you eat more basic things just because it's easier to keep down. You lose your appetite, whatever. But the second one, somewhat psychological, potentially, or maybe not as psychological, but food that makes you feel better, you know? So is okay. there a go? My question to you guys is what's your go to food when you're ill? And I'm not really that interested in like, you know, just buttered toast because it's what I can keep down. I mean, like, is there something that, you know, your parents made you when you were younger? Like, oh, eat this and it will make you feel better. It's almost, almost like a comfort. You know, like when you're ill, you'll eat this and you just know it makes you feel a little better. Or maybe even a drink, you know, like a, spe a specific type of tea. I was going through quite a lot of chamomile tea. That was quite nice. Something like that, you know. What is your go-to food when you are feeling under the under the weather, Rich? I I know it's. I, see, is this it is this caviar. What is it? Right, this is the oh, thing. No. It's like these kind of foods, <laughs> the, the specialties of southern France, might not be as easy on the on the old stomach when you're ill. So yeah, I don't know. Like, down sometimes, you know. You got a bit whatever. Right, and will you even be able to admit? lest there be shame put upon your name that okay. you eat such boring food okay. as, you know, crackers and and rice to make yourself feel better. But now I am curious. Uh, yeah, so actually there is a soup. I'm trying to remember the name. There's this like super expensive honey that I get, which you mix in <laughs> with uh, okay. hot drinks that uh, has like sort of healing qualities or whatever i'm trying to it's remember a classic, like old wives like mm. remedies have honey yeah 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 it's, it's like though. it's good in the throat like eight pounds a jar yeah. it's uh i can't remember what it's called but uh, anyway yeah that's that's a uh, that's a banger but the class jeeves he, he's the one who gets it so. yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll, I'll ask him on the way out <laughs> but uh, yeah it's uh, the like as a like food type something that I, I have no idea if this is actually good for you or even bad for you or anywhere in between but i like eating super spicy food because it like washes out first of all yeah, you're yeah, sweating like fuck if it's really spicy right so in theory that's the the poison seeping through the the pores in your skin right but also if you've got like uh anything that's sort of cold or flu related that'll get everything running out if you know what i mean like that'll unblock you let's put it that way so yeah it might just be a temporary state of like uh 
you know, like almost like sitting in the sauna or something and convincing yourself that's added a year to your life. Who knows? Like, I don't know how much of it is placebo or not, but yeah, really spicy food. And okay. uh, as I said, I think it's called like Monoco honey or something, which uh, mix into hot drinks. Monoco and uh, But yeah, like most of you can ignore that bit because you won't have the, the money to be no. able to. Don't worry about it. Exactly. Yeah, it's not reliable, is yeah. it? Like, you know, bomb. if we're talking about bomb shelter or you're at your absolute worst, then you're going to be fucking scrapping every little penny together that you can even probably bottle tops if we're in some kind of fallout dystopia so don't you worry about the honey but yeah spicy food that's a, a banger i like that that's the perfect answer actually that's exactly the kind of thing i was looking for I into, i'm in a little wheelhouse though that's what i'm worried about it's because there's two i'll give one is like actually kind of like rich said one thing i used to do when i lived in the northeast of england is i had a really banging place near my house that did like noodles and it was just all different types and so i would actually if i ever had like a cold i would always just go and get like the spiciest one on the menu basically and even though yes i'm sure some of it like you're saying is almost like part of it is just that like like he says when you eat it the spices do actually short to make like a lot of the fluid come out of you. So you, you have like a feeling of relief, but even, I don't know whether it actually does long-term help with the cold or whether it even delays, but you just actually, it does feel mega therapeutic is what I will say. Like the feeling afterwards, like you say about the sauna, I do feel like I've almost sweated out all whatever I felt ill about. And the other one, just a classic one, like you say, is a comfort food fox shop is it's if someone makes you homemade rice pudding and Americans already are lost as to why I'm stressing homemade. Cause if you just buy the cheap, one in a tin that doesn't actually taste very nice everyone knows that like that that does like them it tastes a bit weird because of whatever they've done to preserve the milk and stuff but if someone actually makes you for real like they get their rice and put it in with the milk the problem with it is it's really annoying to make that it takes about half an hour you have to sit there with it on like loads don't mm. it but if someone one if someone does it first of all it's quite a soft thing to eat it's like you're going to keep it down very easily it's just rice and milk and then two obviously it feels really nice and comforting that someone takes the like sort of effort of making that for you when you know it's a bit of an arse on so to me it's like wow. a mixture on that one as to why i like it you know that was that was close to being a sentimental it's awesome. yeah it's awesome wasn't it yeah there, awesome. i don't think i've ever is that are you maybe you're feeling under the weather as we speak are you sure you're okay i've got to go lie down. behind the, the mask <laughs> for a little bit there. yeah i've got to, i've got to interject and ruin ruin the moment as well because i've exposed myself even more as a disconnected okay. uh middle class child because it, okay so it's manuka honey but also yeah. it's not eight quid a jar it's like 25 quid a jar so, <laughs> so I, he's on the politician thing he doesn't even know yeah. how much a pint of milk costs he's like what is it like 15 pounds 18 <laughs> like, oh, oh. <laughs> i'm googling it now myself just numbers just numbers on a bank statement at the end of the day isn't it no idea but yeah 25 quid apparently so there you go but, is it made out of gold uh, as well is it 25 quid for this i honey? don't know but i mean i think from another country or something it's like import or something new, i think it's like new zealand so oh, there we go that would make sense it would just yeah. come quite far there fair enough but yeah no it is i mean it is i think more so than just like you know fucking holding herbs under your chin or something i think it does actually have like provably like all right okay. uh good i've heard honey in general is like one of the most mm. healing things you can eat essentially yeah makes sense you are just stealing a little bee's food or whatever right? it's an ugly little cunt <laughs> I've uh, I've just uh, googled manuka honey and apparently it is as as Rich says it's uh, New Zealand Australia uh, the best it's produced globally but apparently the best ones are when the native bees pollinate it of course okay um, but there's a rising go that foreign muck <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> got to keep it got to keep it pure um, there's 
yeah a lot of there's there's issues with counterfeit manuka honey going oh, around yeah, yeah and um <laughs> other criminal activity with turf disputes between fucking oh, hell honey you never seen these flick series you know the turf wars between the manuka honey <laughs> fabricators <laughs> or whatever you know the smugglers or whatever it is i don't know just the classic you know decapitated corpse turns up yeah. oh, it's probably one of those manuka blokes the gone. cartels the carny cartels <laughs> in new zealand but the most important thing is we have educated the two other people who watch this podcast, like me, who shop at John Lewis for yeah. their food. So there you go. You can get some manuka honey next time Next time you're in. Excellent. Cool. Well, thank you for broadening our horizons, Rich. Let's move on to some lovely old esports, shall we? And uh, as I mentioned in the opening, we've got some Counter-Strike to talk about today. First thing and probably the biggest topic on the lips of all the Counter-Strike enthusiasts is obviously with Counter-Strike 2 coming uh, becoming more prominent the uh the, the the system mr system max round system is being changed from mr15 to mr12 if you're not too familiar with counter-strike essentially it is now first to 16 instead of first sorry first to 13 instead of first to 16 and you changing rounds at the 12 round uh, changing halves sides i can't speak whatever you get the gist oh correct uh, i can speak it one the change change from 15 to 12 it's controversial um, obviously, it's going to be shortening the overall uh, length of uh, of Counter-Strike matches. So what are your thoughts on that? Do you think it's good? Do you think it's bad? Rich, I came to you first for the food. And instead of saying I'll come to you first, Thorin, I'm going to come to you first again, Rich. You get a double whammy here. Yeah. We want to hear your thoughts. What do you think? It's all coming up Millhouse. Uh, yeah, so I would say like the first and most obvious issue... Um, which I'm sure like Thorin will talk to as well is like the, how it affects the economy. Cause for, again, for people who don't play shit loads of Counter-Strike, basically you have gun rounds and eco rounds. And depending on how many ecos you go is obviously just a calculation based on risk versus reward, which of course on CSGO is always balanced towards it being MR15, right? Um, so it's easy to say that, you know, they can just rebalance it to fit, you know, the shorter format or whatever, but, I mean, again, Thorin would probably argue that CSGO's economy wasn't even balanced at all times, you know? So I, I think it's like there's obviously pros and cons on both sides of that. I would say from a casual player perspective, I prefer MR12. But in terms of like, if I'm going to sit down and play Counter-Strike myself, because I do think those games are pretty long for like just a casual sit down and plow for a few games or whatever. And also I'm from the world like originally of PC Call of Duty, which was always MR12. Um, so that's like kind of what I'm used to. And I think it is more fitting for a casual player. My main issue on like the esports level is that I think you're just kind of killing the most epic moments that have ever happened in like CSGO, for example. There have been so many epic comebacks because of MR15. It's crazy. And just to make a very clear and obvious example to illustrate the point, there are plenty of games that have happened where it's been like, I don't know, 13-4 to one team and the other team's won, which obviously, if you've done the most basic level maths, it would be impossible in MR12. So to me, it's kind of like five sets in tennis. Like, again, the amount of times you'll see the all-time greats come down from like two sets down to win. I mean, Djokovic did it last week. Uh, like it happens all the time or much more regularly than you would think it would happen. And I think essentially the longer a game goes and of course there has to be a limit or whatever but the more skill expressions possible right so for me 
from a spectator's point of view and from a competitive integrity point of view, I think it is definitely uh, a step down. I think that's kind of like inarguable. Um, and I also think, of course, there's going to be like issues with trying to balance the game around that as well. And, and like, uh, because even when, you know, like the, the CZ and stuff was out of control and that was kind of ruining how economics work and all this kind of stuff, these are things that can be patched in and out of the game instantaneously, right? There was a one month to in fact it went for way longer the fucking zz shit but there was like a multi-month like sort of mini meta if you were and then it got patched out of the game it wasn't like some perpetual problem this is something that obviously valve's committed that the majors uh at least the major tournaments will all have this and it is a much more drastic change than anything to do with gun balancing or price balancing or anything like that um so yeah i think probably for the casual player it's a good thing for the esports it's a bad thing and I would say that I understand this, this idea that you want to like balance the game in a way as well, where you're kind of playing the same game from a casual perspective as you are on the eSport. But I actually don't really subscribe to that, especially because, by the way, in CS2, they've now created this double rank system where you have like the premiere mode, which is like a traditional MMR system, kind of. And then this weird like map thing where you can like just rank up on a specific map. For example, I could be like Global Elite on Mirage, but nova on uh dust 2 or something if you're going to do something as ridiculous as that where you're like segregating the rank queues have a fucking mr12 or like a quick play queue and a mr15 queue and then you've covered both ends haven't you so yeah i'm not a massive fan from an esports perspective at all although i would say that as a casual player i would like the option to be able to play an mr12 i think that's i think that's pretty good but i don't know why the two have to be married in that sense so yeah, it's uh, definitely pros and cons, but I overall, because this is, again, keep in mind when Valve came out, they were specifically as well talking about the majors, because obviously when you have third party organizers, there is some scope to change certain things. I mean, no one really ever messes around with the MR format. That is kind of across the board, but I guess they were specifically talking about the ones they have, have the most oversight over. But yeah, I, I, I'm not a fan. I think the bigger the tournament the more justification there is for MR15. That's my opinion. You said something which I just wanna I'm gonna pick up on. You said it could be better for the casual viewer, but worse for the esport. Is there a world where 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 things are better for the casual viewer is better for esports? You know, as like generally just you know to keep viewership up or to keep the uh attention of of a wider audience i mean the obvious joke there is yeah every any time a tier three team's playing you want those games to be over quicker right like <laughs> and also by the same note upset alerts if it's mr12 there is way more likely to be an upset because as i said you see loads of times it'll get deep into a map and one team could be in a surprising position of you know 13 4 or whatever but then the good team gets their shit together and pulls it back so yeah i i think that um and also think of maps like Nuke as well, right? Like maybe like Nuke's been rebalanced a bit more recently for people who don't know, but like old school Nuke, if you start on CT, assuming the map is relatively the same and so on, MR12, like fucking hell. Like it's just going to be, even if you're meant to win like 10 rounds or something on defense, it's such a mental mindfuck to start any half, like being like whatever, 10-2 down or something like that, right? That's that, that's, that's that's rough for me whereas there's always more even in the really heavily sided ct maps there's always more of a round buffer going into half time than in theory there will be now if you have an equally t-sided or c-sided map right so 
Yeah, I don't know. I, th I think that that one is one where I'd actually say, and I think there's precedence for this, that Valve hasn't really thought it through. If you ever have a map which is balanced as badly as old school Nuke was, MR12 shit, by the way. Complete shit. And again, that's obviously one of these maps where you do get the score lines where it goes into half time with one team with like a nine round lead and then it gets reversed, right? And that the scope for that those comebacks to happen is just massively mitigated by MR12. So yeah, as I said, when it's like bad teams playing each other or a game you know is definitely going to be a stomp or something, sure. But again, then you're eliminating the chance for something really cool to happen, possibly. So, yeah. What do you think, Thorin, overall about MR, MR12? I'm not a fan of it in general. Like, the real problem here is, like, a bigger problem in Counter-Strike in general. Like, believe it or not, everyone in League thinks I just hit on Riot and only say negative things. It's not true at all. Like, for example, I did big up the MSI format this year. I think it's the best international tournament they've ever run. It's going to make worlds look shit in comparison. Similarly, one thing I'll always give Riot credit for is I actually think it's really impressive that when they do the modern patch notes in League, they essentially, like, give you, like, sort of the logic of what they were trying to do in the explanation. They sort of explain, like, you know, we want tip off this or nerf that even if you don't know in the last few years they even started like color coding the actual patch notes to tell you if it is a buff or a nerf even they don't even leave that to you to interpret so i've also that's pretty cool because essentially even if you disagree with the change the difference is if you know why they did it you can sort of sometimes say like oh well i wouldn't do that but i see what you're trying to accomplish the real problem here is when valve announces this it really is just a blog post and then it's just reality and there's no like there's no pushback there's no appeal there's no press conference even you can't even have a journalist just say well you know, this format existed in the past, you know, have you looked into why it was... You can't even ask these questions. So unfortunately, as always, Valve is just a black box where you have no idea what they're thinking or why they've done it. So you have to speculate at this point in time. My problem is I get the vibe that they've done this change mainly because a sentiment that almost everyone agreed on in professional Counter-Strike is the matches got too long. Like an average best of three just lasted really long. The best of fives were really out of control sometimes. And more importantly, because the format of Counter-Strike isn't almost never a league, it's nearly always like a one-week tournament. It means that like... We don't do it anymore, but you used to get this nightmare scenario where when you get to the quarterfinals, I'm not talking about like the ESL ones where it's like a round of six and two teams get a bye. When it's a real quarterfinals with eight teams, the problem is the most fair way is to play all four of those quarterfinals on the same day. And if you did that, it meant that you could have days with the modern economy that were really out of control. Like you could actually have like a 12-hour day off that, which is like, like that's going to be totally untenable for the person who plays the last match. They, they actually could, for real, start six hours after when it's possible they could start if it like be of two zeros so they eventually changed that so they do like you know three or two but then they'd have a day off but then you had all the issues of like well then is it better to be the one who plays his quarterfinal first and has a day off or is it better to be the guy who has the day off and then plays and then still in what so it just meant essentially it was making it a bit more awkward some of the things in the circuit my problem is this my analogy goes like this it's like all valve did is look very big picture and without looking at all the like knock-on effects they just asked what are we trying to solve and as far as i can tell what they wanted to solve was make the game shorter now my problem is i'll even purposely use the word shorter there to give you a great example that would be like saying this person i mean it is like too heavy all right chop his legs off then there we go he's at his target weight it's like well he is but he's still essentially overweight he just doesn't have legs now like you've actually you think you've solved the problem but you and you have in a roundabout way but you've created other problems if i do with that so the first thing i would just say to valve is 
I mean, you have to remember, modern-day Valve devs weren't there at the beginning of Counter-Strike and 1.6. They obviously didn't make the game. That's not even someone who was at Valve at the time. So I actually wondered, do they know that we used to use Max Rounds 12? That was actually the format for the first two or three years of competitive Counter-Strike. And I can tell you one of the reasons we actually changed from Max Rounds 12 to Max Round 15, it was actually, I think it was midway on Gotfrag actually wrote an article about this. Famously, people know Shagwa wrote an article to get like the economy changed. But I think it was midway wrote an article about the Max Rounds 12 and he made some of the points that Rich was sort of alluded to, which is like essentially the problem is again, if you think only of the worst case scenario, like a really long game, then shortening that game sounds great. But what you're not asking is, what is the average map of Counter-Strike like? And if the average map in this scenario by making Max Rounds 12, we might end up taking like five or six, eight, six, whatever rounds out of a game. Well, the real problem is that is going to make some games just go by in a flash. You, you, you've, you've over-solved the problem at that point in time. Like he says, you'll have maps where it's really one-sided and then that team gets to roll early and then, God forbid, by the way, they have like a Z-Woo where someone wins them like two massive, like impossible clutch. The game's over. Like all of a sudden, whereas like in a normal Max Rounds 15 game, you're still easing into the first half. Like, hey, no panic. Like take a timeout. Like, you know, we can even actually experiment a bit. We can gamble a bit. The other thing people aren't thinking of is this the reason why i give the analogy of like just chopping someone's legs off is essentially you did in the ultimate thing solve what you wanted you made the person less heavy but you didn't take the weight that they didn't want out of it that's what you wanted really you didn't want to just reduce their weight you wanted to get rid of the fat didn't you so in this scenario you actually haven't trimmed the fats like the best part of counter-strike essentially is the meat of the gun rounds and that's actually the main thing you're going to eliminate with this format because if you notice they haven't changed anything about the loss borders they haven't changed like pissed around how much money you start with so one of the other problems you're going to have now is when you have these pissed arounds one of the things this is actually the reason why a lot of people have hated the economy for the last three years they changed the economy a few years ago because it used to be very extreme basically you could be like broke, but if you won like a key round by gambling, this is why people buy the OP pistols. If you broke the opponent's economy, like his loss bonus, once he lo finally lost, it has to build up over the round. So if he hasn't lost for a while, then he's on the edge and you break him on this round. He gets the minimum bonus to buy a gun. So he'll be finally reset, right? It was called a reset economy. Essentially, they did the opposite of that. And so the problem became now that there's so many rounds and people can buy that in the current climate, you can just do like a save anytime you feel like like it, you're right back in the economy. Well, here's what people aren't thinking about. When you only have 12 rounds a half, actually people relative to the number of rounds will save more rather than less because now you can't mess around. You can't go, I oh, will gamble a few rounds and see, you know, yeah, if we get into a bad ship, then we'll start. No, you have to basically almost, it's almost like blackjack now. There's like an ideal strategy. You should just play a correct strategy at all times. It's actually going to make CS unfortunately a little bit more boring. I'm with you on the angle of the casual angle, but the problem with that is they've actually also solved that. Last year, they made it so that there's a version of Counter-Strike called like Quick Play or something, which is only half the rounds. It's like MRA. And by the way, it is mega. I can tell you when I play, I play that with matchmaker. I don't play the, the full game because the best thing about it is it does solve a lot of these problems it means like if you get locked in the game with all the people who don't speak english or mm. being asked it's only a short game it's not a problem i even think there's no way you could do this in league but i think that's all the problems league has is like who likes being trapped in a 45 minute game yeah. where it's boring so actually that in for casual play that has solved it in my opinion you can have a little like 25 minute game it's banging so I, i'm also totally fine with the idea you can do different things for the casual from the pro scene my problem here is basically 
I do think it'll mainly be negatives for the actual pro angle. And I even think Rich nailed something there that people always miss. One of my main arguments I always give as to why I want some tournaments like majors to have the best of five final is because, yes, we all know that the worst best of five final sucks the most. But what's the other side of that? The best best of five final is the best match you ever watched. So it's the same thing. If the other problem here, with, like Rich said, with making the rounds less is some of the greatest comebacks of all time just wouldn't have happened. The game would have been over. Because that's even not as simple as like just more rounds. Essentially, I always say this, when a really big upset happens like that, that you sort of stave off, what usually happens is it takes like the favorite team like a while to get into the game. Well, if you just remove like five or six rounds from the game, they just won't happen. They'll just, essentially, if you front run early, you'll just, you will have won the game. It almost be impossible to turn it on you. So I think for me, it's like, I can see what they're trying to do with the solution. I don't even hate the idea that you are trying to do something, but I would just give this one last way to explain it. The problem here is, if we actually identified the issue, it comes from, like I say, the economy, because we had Max Sons 15 for the whole time in CSGO, and it was never a problem in the past. So what you have to ask yourself is, what changed? And the variable isn't the Max rounds. It's actually the economy and the way the game operates. So to me, the real problem, I think, is people just don't want to... It's funny, this is the one area that, if you're from League of Legends, this is really counterintuitive. Because, you know, on the one hand, you can actually flame the fuck out of Valve. Like, I've done it myself. I've openly just said, like, I think Valve are corrupt about banning I by power forever. I think sometimes they don't give a fuck. I think they're cynical. What's funny is you can say anything and they won't punish you. Whereas in League, everyone knows it's the opposite. Everyone knows if you go after Riot, though, they could fuck with your career. But the joke is, it actually, in operation, works the opposite. In league games, people get so frustrated. You know, the owl dominates the world. They're always banging on Riot. Meanwhile, in CSGO, I mean, Ritual has seen this on Twitter. It's so feckless. Like, the people who are the most critical analysts, experts, when it comes to Valve, they really treat it like it's like, she's Valve's like fucking Mary Poppins, and if we're too mean, she's going to leave, even though they're making billions of dollars off us. So the joke, essentially, to wrap it all up is, I just think most people in the scene who are in a position to actually say to Valve, this is what we need. Basically, we need to like roll back what you did with the economy. They actually, no joke, almost feel like they're being rude by doing that, and they're like spoiling someone's dinner party. And so instead, we have to let Valve do this sort of like roundabout way of sort of solving our problem, and pretend that's what we wanted after all, or like it's your grandma giving you the wrong socks or something for Christmas. Like, oh, no, these are, yeah, these are great. I'll put them on now. Like, so there's a bit of that. So unfortunately, I think this is a topic. It's a good topic for talk shows because I don't think we'll ever actually get to the bottom of it. I don't think any of the things I suggested will happen. I think this probably just is the future of Counter-Strike, unfortunately. I know this is probably an exceptionally complex topic that warrants more time and thought than what I'm going to give you. But what would you do to the economy you know, potentially fix well, the funny thing is there's a lot of things around. you can actually do it, it actually reminds me foxdrop a little bit of the problem i've always thought with league which is the reason why i usually do come down on the side that i think in league they cynically do it intentionally mega buff and mega nerf things to just like stimulate the skin economy and buying champions and stuff because so, the idea is you know if like you didn't own zin Zhao, but now it's the most op if you're a jungler eventually you're just gonna go fuck it i'll just buy it and use it like in a way it actually does help their economy in my opinion that they make it so extreme but if, if me and you were just the game for pro esports in league we would do it by fractions wouldn't we you know we'd put a thing down then we'd check wait see how it goes then we'd tweak it up a bit you know we just kind of get the sweet spot so the stupid thing is it doesn't have to be all or nothing you don't have to have the old economy which is really harsh one way or this one that's too linear the other way you actually can with this loss bonus because the way it works in counter-strike is when you lose a round you get a certain amount of money given to you right to, to as like 
a rubber band mechanic, so you don't get too far behind in the game. And then the more rounds you lose in a row, you get a little bit more bonus. It goes up a few hundred dollars, right? Essentially, those variables, just like the max rounds, can be just tweaked in the server settings. Like, you can actually change that tomorrow. Like, I, I don't think people know this. It wouldn't be, Valve would have to change it in matchmaking, but like ESL could change this setting on the servers. Like, they could change the loss bonus to be more or less. So what I would probably do is just increase the loss bonus a bit or make it so it doesn't do as like slow and incremental stuff. Basically, you could, I'm not, I'm not the stats nerd to know exactly what to do, but essentially, this is something that you, you wouldn't have to pick one extreme. Like I say, you could tweak it. It's a dial. You could just keep going until you found sort of what seemed to work the best for everyone. Because like I said, the, the main problem I think people have in esports, it's something I learned when I worked on the Flashpoint project, is when me and Monty sat down and we figured out what format we wanted to use, we did it the way that no one else does. Everyone else just says something like, what's a cool format, essentially? And then they just try and run the tournament and hope it works. We actually asked ourselves, like, what should the outcome of this format be like what sort of team would it like make most likely to succeed or how would a team succeed or what would the path be and we looked at all these factors that's what you got to do in this scenario what you have to just ask is not like what am I solving? Yeah, it's like, what do I want to happen in the game? Like, essentially, I'd, if I were Valve, I'd even be cynical. I'd say, like, what, what do I want the rough length of a game to be? How do I want, like, a match to be won? When someone wins, how many gun rounds should there be in a game? I think you should actually almost scientifically look at this and sort of figure it out, you know? There's enough tools, remember, We're not just talking about like, a month. Like, in theory, if you do this right, like, like Black Souls, this could be the next 15 years of Counter-Strike. So if you get it right, get it right now, you know? Yeah. There's like all, all these third party apps that just have like that break down all the minute analytical yep. details of, of the game. Um, surely Valve could, you know, do you something think like so, that. Yeah. Like, what is possible to, to yeah. be able to look at the variables and inputs and outputs and see what affects what affects what? We're sticking on the topic of, of Counter Strike 2 here. Um, a very broad question, given all the kind of small changes to the game and how Count CSGO has been one of the greatest. Um, esports of the of the past decade really most successful for sure in in the west do you guys think very simply counter-strike 2 was it needed do we need to get rid of csgo and bring out counter-strike here's the thing mate i actually think i'm a bit weird in that in that i'm like i've always thought there's two types of people in esports there's the people who really do treat it like a sport and that's like that could be a, a, somebody who's a fan of chess or boxing or whatever. That sort of person just does love fundamentally what the sport and the game is, and you'll just watch it forever. So I've always said I'm a bit boring, mate. Like I don't need like you know when they take out like a good map, but they do it because oh, but this new, this map's new. We got to keep it fresh. I don't need it to be fresh. Like to me, it's like chess. It would be like coming along and going. When are we going to change the board though? <laughs> like a bunch of chess nerds look at you like that's the one variable we're not even thinking about. What like bro? It's the players that are interesting. So to me, I'm boring. I would just keep it fairly similar. Like, I actually don't think it's necessary basically fox so i even think quite frankly it I, I this is a theory that no one else seems to have so i'll put it out there i actually think it will end up being a slight flash in the pan because if i think of releases of big games over the years like apex legends is a good one when they come out yeah every fucking variety stream it is all over it aren't they and then in like three weeks they just go back to whatever games they played before so what will happen when cs2 comes out is yes Tarek and fucking ludwig and all these morons will rush over and pretend they love cs for like two weeks but then because it's actually not fundamentally different of it's still just cs essentially i think they'll just do it for the initial hype and then they'll fuck off back to where they are and whoever was in cs will be in cs and whoever's in valorant will be in valorant and we'll be, i don't essentially unlike other people i don't think putting two 
two in front of Counter Strike will actually change the world and make everyone play Counter Strike. I'd love to live in that world, but I'm a bit more cynical. I don't I don't really think you proselytize like that in the modern day, you know. And I also think, quite frankly, I actually think Valorant proves that Counter Strike will never be the most played game. Because if you see Valorant, everyone made it like, oh, it's just like Weeb CS. It's, like, it's actually fundamentally a very different game, and I can totally see why it has an audience that, quite frankly, is more like the League of Legends audience than a Counter Strike audience. Like, mm-hmm. I actually think, if anything, the biggest crossover is probably from like COD to CS. Because to me, actually, Valorant seems quite distinct. Like, I know the players come from CS, but if you look at the fan base, they really do seem like the people who are the fans of League of Legends, quite frankly. So I think that implies to me that actually, like the Zoomers, I think CS is slightly too hardcore for them. Mate. I don't think you'll actually ever be number one. I think you'll always have to be this like like revered game. But I think most people will play Valorant and League and the more casual games of the modern day, you know. So what were your thoughts when CSGO came out? Were you saying the same thing about that competitive? I was saying the same. I was like, why, why are we even swapping? Just stay with this yeah. game. It's already brilliant. We don't need to. And then everyone was telling me all that stuff. I'm like, no, the graphics are. I'm like, what are you talking about? Who cares about graphics? Just yeah. taking it, the purity of the game and that. And well, also, to be fair, though, I wasn't getting paid loads of money back then. So I also <laughs> could just say whatever I wanted. I had, no, I had no bias to want the new game right. to succeed, did I? Because that always stops you, doesn't it? It does. That's in the back of your mind, in a way, you know. <laughs> By the way, did yeah. you see there's a brilliant post on the CSGO subreddit that someone posted today, which I think sums up, obviously, in an even more cynical way, Thorin's okay. point about how there's like, is a distinctive fan base between Valorant and CS. And the clip is, it's just called the difference between Valorant players and CS players. And it's this really popular Valorant streamer, an American guy, and there's a girl in his game. And this girl, they're in like the the starting area in the buy zone. Yeah, Yeah, and and she's like, oh, uh, every time you get a kill, I'll give you an uwu. And the guy's like, oh, that's so adorable. Oh, wow. Okay. So he's walking around the map and he's like killing people and she's going, ha ha, uwu. And then it cuts to the CSGO clip. And it's a guy who speaks to one of his teammates in the buy zone. He's like, hey, uh, whatever you're called, like uh, random Russian, angry Russian guy, every time you get a kill, I'll like, give you an uwu. And this angry Russian guy turns around and goes, what the fuck are you saying? Who said that? And you see him literally get his deke allow and start looking at his <laughs> yeah. teammates. Like, that is ironically, though, actually why I do think the, the distinction is. Because if people don't know, never in CSGO, I'm not joking, by the way, guys, you don't get banned, banned for toxicity in CSGO. Yeah. Like, uh, you can type what you want, you can say what you want, you can do what you want in the game. Like, maybe if you were, like, really egregious blocking people in the game or something, or I know killing people obviously does it automatically. There's not actually much gets you banned in CSGO, whereas as you're saying, Valorant's way more like League, where it's like typing the wrong thing, saying the wrong thing. By the way, people even do shit in that game, like on their subreddits for Valorant, they'll put the clip up where the female streams like, look, I'm being harassed. Like, no one even bothers doing that in CSGO because it's just like, it's like taking for granted. It's like being at war, isn't it? Yeah, obviously you can see some fucking shit if you play this game. And like, you can actually a distinction. put your name as Hitler because it's just a oh, fucking, all that shit, it's just yeah. a Steam game, isn't it? So you'll get, your name is just whatever it is on Steam. So you can put your name to Hitler 119 or whatever Reptile did, you know? No problem. I'll be careful I do it because I never incriminate myself. But I will say back in the day, in let's say in early CSGO, because that's a long enough time span now. In early CSGO, oh, if someone annoys me and I hear like that, an accent, I'll be coming up with all my best fucking money, <laughs> <laughs> the pod landlord level material on this motherfucker, you know, about like, like if they were speaking a certain, you know, I'd be like, oh, what about the Soviet Union? You know, I'd, I'd have all the historical, all the dickhead, you know, Britain yeah. and foreigner sort of like, ah, oh, two World Cups, one World all that shit, mate, all that, all that. Hey, for people who don't, for people never who don't banned, know, never banned, never banned, never banned. Yeah. Never banned. And for people who don't know, because obviously, 
if you don't play CS, like obviously CS has a huge CIS region like oh, contingent. So obviously with the war going on or whatever, it's fucking metaphorical missiles oh, going ridiculous. back and forth the whole time yeah. in voice comms. It is, uh, yeah. You can't play a matchmaking game like on oh. CS these days without hearing about the war at least five times, right? Like imagine if that was, like if you even, t if you mistype in League, you get fucking banned. So yeah, yeah different world, different world. It, it, is, it is, even though the games are similar, like the climate couldn't be any more different in these but games. I'll sum it up with one, you know, relatable point for people who don't follow CS as well is Fion on fire. He likes Valorant. He doesn't like CS. That, that is a bit of an <laughs> indictment, in it? I know. Yeah, that, but that, if you know anything about Fion, then you will perfectly understand with that one example what the implications of that are of both games and why one might be attracted to one and not the other. So there you go. Does that mean you've given your answer as to whether you feel CS go, CS2 was yeah, what does Rich think? Is or... it necessary as a game? Uh, here's the problem, right? Because I was, I was thinking that, I mean, I've been obviously thinking about this a lot since it was like even announced and there are like, you'll find articles or whatever, like about just listing all the changes and everything. My biggest problem is that the vast majority of the changes are literally just like small little things you would add in a patch normally. For example, mm. there a couple of the things that I think are really cool, like the visual audio indicator. So for people who don't know, like obviously... You make footsteps if you walk around in CS. If you hold walk, you don't make any sound. And now on the minimap in CS2, you have your minimap and then you have a circle inside that circle which shows you the audio range of the sound that you make. Which, in my opinion, for new that's players cool, yeah. learning the game, I think mm -hmm. that's really cool. For esports, yes. I don't like it because I actually think that should be a skill that you should be able to yes. roughly gauge where someone is if they're in shadow or whatever and like when you should press shift, basically. I think that shouldn't be in pro play. But as a new tool to help get people into the game, I think that's brilliant because you'd have a hard time explaining to someone like how that might yeah. work on its own. So that's cool. And the, again, the same with like um, the new strap mode is really good that's like the only thing i would say like maybe you did kind of need to build that from the ground up to get it to work so maybe that's like a legit new feature um but most of the other stuff is like you could have just put in like people say oh the maps are so much cleaner and less cluttered hello it's a fucking map man you can just go in and delete textures or add tech like that is not something you need a new game are you really telling me you couldn't rejig fucking dust 2 or mirage like in an editor and just clean up the map like yeah the new maps look cleaner but honestly that's just an indictment on valve for not doing it on the fucking old game and just patching it in so i think there's like so many new things which were just clear that you could have just put them as a patch in csgo and then the things that are fundamentally new and maybe you did need the new engine for like the smokes for example I've spoken about this before, so I won't go into like loads of detail, but I'm not actually a big fan because I think that the way smokes now work is actually more RNG. The fact you can randomly spray through them and uh, depending on the spacing of the physics and stuff, it will create like bigger holes or smaller holes. But in the moment, a player is not necessarily going to know that. Also, for people who don't know, if you chucked an incendiary, you could like instantly put it out of a smoke. Now it's how much does the smoke spread? Is it going to cut it off? And clearly, because when people are like chucking smokes down as well, Typically, if you're defending a bomb site and holding a spot, let's say, let's say you have an AWP and you peek and you miss, you're going to drop almost certainly. And as you drop, you're probably going to chuck something on the ground as you're dropping and then someone will chuck a smoke to clear and send it, whatever it is. That stuff is happening in the heat of the moment. You are not doing 9 million IQ calculations in your head about that. And there's going to be so many RNG moments where the smoke didn't quite cover it because it got stuck on a box or the incendiary didn't get put out because actually the smoke only hit the right-hand side, so actually half the fire's still there. Like, these things I don't like for esports anyway. And by the way, what's interesting is when this was released, they put the release note said, 
new smokes are more, quote-unquote, realistic. Why the fuck do you want realistic smokes? Like, it's Counter-Strike, man. Spoiler alert, no one's even ADSing in Counter-Strike. Is that real? That, imagine go going into war and everyone's fucking hip-firing. Like, that's what Counter-Strike is, in essence. Obviously, the mechanics are far more precise, but this is, game is not about realism at all. And I think Valve doesn't even, you know, know thyself. I don't think Valve even really fully understands what people love about the game always, because if you're going to release something which says smokes are now more realistic... No fucking true CS fan is reading that and being like, oh, brilliant. I was worried that the game, like, you know, me getting fucking run boosted, running on top of someone's head and launched across the map. I was really worried that, you know, we were, we were going to stick to uh, not doing realistic things. Like, this is a load of nonsense. So I think it definitely wasn't necessary. I also think, by the way, graphically, it just doesn't look very different to me at all. Like, the gap between, like, CS Source and Go, or one point, because they sort of, 1.6 and Source obviously kind of coexisted. The gap between either of those two games and Go was huge. Like, absolutely huge. The way things work, the way orps worked, like, the way you had, like, the blur as you're moving and then it readjusts as you sit. Like, there were so many things in Go where you looked at it and you're like, I mean, we couldn't have packed that into fucking CS Source. Like, it, was, it wasn't going to happen. So, I think it's very contrived. Um... But my conclusion isn't, therefore, I am negative on CSGO. I think, uh, in CS2, sorry. I think CS2 will ultimately, uh, two years down the line, be at a better spot probably than the last rendition of CSGO. But it's just a bit, it's a bit forced. And it is kind of a much more, as Thorin said, like, I feel like it's a marketing gambit more than anything. Um, and it's certainly not CS2. This is the other uh, biggest irony of it, right? It's like we had a game called CS 1.6. We had a game called CS Source, a game called CS Go. And those games were all really distinct from each other and had huge leaps in certain areas. This is the smallest leap we've ever had. And we're putting a two behind. Like, what? The, come on, man. Like, I think the... someone even showed the other day, maybe it was like a HLTV person, that if you ever look, like the AK spray pattern's almost identical between yeah. the two games. Whereas as you're saying, like the analogy, if you're an old school gamer is, the difference between 1.6 and CSGO was like going from the Super Nintendo to like Mario 64, like, holy shit, yeah. stuff. Like, it, the reason I give that example is because no jump's ever been bigger in console games. Either. They're all just good games with 3D now. It's just a bit better in it. So CS2 is the same thing. It's basically, the, it almost looks the same, but no, no joke with like lens flares and stuff. Like it's not, it's not even like, it's not radically different basically. Yeah. The only thing I won't do is I'm, I'm not going to be a doomer about like the weird little bugs and stuff they're in at the moment, because I do think that will get fixed fairly soon. And the, the people who have access to the game now, like it is in a beta essentially like it's not like fucking oh. navi aren't gonna play vitality next week on this patch so i don't care about that shit it, it, the, yes. the only I'll, I'll address if these are still... by the way, it, it, they will not be having any tournaments on the beta it's only when yeah. it is officially released we will swap the tournament so don't worry about that yeah. we're not gonna like do the next tournament in cs2 beta, exactly basically. like if there are shit that still exists at time of release then that's the time to discuss it in my opinion like now it's irrelevant so i don't care about any of that shit but yeah so i know i don't think it's necessary but i do think like, sure, man. It's like it's like anything. It's like the iPhone 14 versus the iPhone 13. Was it necessary? Fuck no. Is it ultimately going to be a little bit better? Probably, I guess. But, you know, I'm one of these people who buys a phone like once every five years. So that's kind of my <laughs> approach to CSGO as well. And though, even though given that CSGO is obviously, you know, like 12 years old or whatever, I would still say that for me, the jump is too incremental, I think. But... 12 years. God.
Also, by the way, as a random aside, I'll just throw this out there because I feel like one thing we've learned just from all the stats in the modern day, like ES charts, a very popular sentiment that turns out to factually be almost completely wrong, which is a lot of people have been bigging up for the Max Rounds 12 change, is they say, well, Max Rounds 12 will cause more upsets, like Rich said, and that's good because upsets are exciting and that'll bring more fans. No, no, if you go and look at ES charts for the last, like, five years, the actual message of Counter-Strike is that you actually want the absolute best teams to go to the semis in the final that is how you get maximum viewership what happens other, and by the way even then the actual viewership of an upset won't be as good because i can tell you i don't know if you know this famous story rich that everyone claims one of the ways the ufc got big back in the day was when they did that first ever the ultimate fighter the reality show that ended in the fights yeah. when they had the forest griffin Forrest versus Stephen bonner fight yeah. famously people always say because it was such like a brawl during the fight people were like calling friends I'm like dude you got to check out this fight that's going on that happens in Counter-Strike, I can tell you. The ones that get all the viewership yeah. is when you have the game that actually yes. they're trying to eliminate, like the Nightmare, three maps, overtime, three overtimes. That's when, like at the end of map two, it's like, bloody hell, we're going to three. That's when those viewership ones spike to the roof. So you also inadvertently, even though, look, there'll be fans of the underdog table be, you know, jazzed up that they got the upset. You actually won't get the crazy, like, spike in viewership that I think people think you will. If anything, like, I didn't know this myself, but I assumed plebs were right and they all wanted chaos and upsets. It actually turned Turns out that actually, I mean, people cynically just like big brands. They really do. They want Navi there, whether Navi's the best or not. They want FaZe Clan. They Unfortunately, they don't want some little plucky up-and-coming gamer legion to win the game. That's just actually like a random fan online who likes that. By the way, this happened, what Thorin's talking about happens, I would say basically without exception every single time that it happens. Like if there's a semi-final or something between whoever it is at like a major and it's like, I don't know, 16-0 whatever first map or something, and then I'll just check in like every now and then because if it's not like a particularly interesting game, I'm not necessarily like going to sit down and watch. And then I'll just see something, hear a comment, get someone just mess me saying, are you watching this or whatever? And I'll go and check it and it will be like double overtime in like map three or whatever. And the viewership's like 3x. This happens every single big tournament when there's like the long, the deeper it goes into the series, the more viewership there is. Like it, these it, Every Do you know what thing so starts weird, Rich? Is no one ever brings this up, right? They'll they'll do deals now for like core streaming and things like that to pump viewership up. No joke. I actually am amazed no one's ever had the idea for real of having like an influencer sort of like bonus or bounty system based on social media because i have to say like you're talking about if i'm not watching a game in league or csgo what makes me want to tune in right now is usually when like all the twitter gets hype you know it's people yeah. like holy shit never... wow i can't believe this coming like, dude when you see people who respect saying that that's what makes you want to tune yeah, in exactly, yeah. that's when you're gonna go fucking hell i'm missing something here like that i think that's actually mad underrated as like yeah. a way to get people to like get into the game basically no it's definitely huge and the, the one other thing that i think is super like i hope at some point will come during in the cs2 era is full-on betting like seriously like because all the if you if you talk about like you know games which are just whitewashing blah 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 betting was always the ultimate equalizer oh, for that shit. anyway it's so good yes. man i fucking love betting in but way, there's even an angle people don't get which is mainly it's because they still haven't fully unlocked america that you can't have the full yeah. betting in counter-strike etc the thing that kills me about that is counter-strike is actually the best e-sport to bet on and here's why because you know one thing in league that's actually fucked is in league you can't properly do handicap betting yes. i can't really bet that i mean we'll talk about this soon i'm sure we'll talk about g2 mad lions on paper i'm supposed to bet g2 wins that 3-0 rich so i get the yeah, better yeah. odds 
odds, right? But I can't do that because we all know in league, in fact, in fact, sometimes when someone wins the first two games too dominantly, they fuck around in draft on yeah. game three. The difference in Counter-Strike is you can predict what the maps will be. So actually in Counter-Strike, you can do awesome handicap bet. You can do two zeros. You can do the what, the teams that you know always go to three maps. It's, I agree with you. It's actually, there's so much undiscovered there that, like that's actually, I know people don't want to hear this because they think betting's bad, but that really is the last thing that can blow the game up even bigger. That's how you'll make it have way more interest. Yeah, uh, Obviously, you know, gamble aware, etc. But again, I, I always just throw it out like no one ever gets upset with us an alcohol sponsor do they oh, I never would. so you know and that's, Mate, we that's... Have fucking us air force sponsor events and everyone's like <laughs> yeah. it's all right well we need the money it's like so can everyone just calm down about your know, granddad putting five quid on the game Come yeah on. stupid for, for what it's worth with uh count striking and count strike two just really get back a tiny bit before we move on um i've never understood why well i do understand it and it's money but i don't I don't see the need to have a, a two version of a game in oh. this day and age mm. yes. where every game is a game as a service. World of Warcraft, like it's been uh, rumors that, you know, what about WoW 2? It's like, what do you mean WoW 2? You release an expansion yes. every other year. That's your, you know, you just keep doing that. League of Legends, what about League 2? I, I, I even think like you're saying, I would actually have gone the other way. What I would actually have done is just rename the game Counter-Strike and just have it be, like you say, yes, a permanent yeah, yeah. Like, game yeah. as a service forever. And then, oh, oh, look, over time, we would essentially change the engine. But it's because totally in my opinion, I know they haven't had to do it yet, but they're not too far off. That's what I think League of Legends should do. One day, they're going to have to overhaul yes. some parts of the engine. Just keep it called League of Legends. It's yeah. only to make it League mm -hmm. 2, is there? Like, like, that's some like old school way of thinking about games. You know, it doesn't really exist well, Actually, yeah, it's old school. It's the, yes. the higher up boost. The clones are great chat as well. It's just World of Warcraft, isn't it? It's just World of yeah. Warcraft. It, it, it is, exactly. It's, it's just it's just a money thing, but it, I don't think it makes any tangible change to the game. Although I will disagree a tad with you, Rich, when you said the game doesn't really look much different. I feel like CS2 actually is quite easy on the eyes compared to Counter-Strike Go, at least at this point, where CSGO is quite old. However, um, it's really not that noticeable or it's it's difficult to make outside areas really look different because of the lighting and when i say outside areas i mean when you're playing counter strike go up uh, well camp, yeah i guess csgo at this point and you look up is there a roof over your head and 90 percent of all the maps the answer will be no you know you're holding a position you're outside somewhere you know uh, even nuke where there's a lot of like inside areas you've still got a lot of outside mirage has a lot of outside um uh, the, the, yeah there's just pass, yeah but yeah it's, mean, it's yeah, all a lot of like outside stuff and i just think that makes it kind of difficult to to really appreciate the graphical fidelity but you know at least i think from from an observer standpoint if you're tuning in for esports to watch you know an esport in 2023 it does help for the game to look prettier Let's move on, though. Enough Counter-Strike for uh, for today. We've got some uh, League of Legends things going on here. And to start with, uh, LEC, European League of Legends. Now, we've got some more finals coming up in the weekend in Montpellier in France. Um, bloody hell. How many finals have we had uh, for for LEC? Four, technically, one. right? Three splits. Yeah, and um, then other finals. finals. And then this one. And it feels like... I don't know what's going on, but it feels like for the last month or two, it's been like final-esque stuff right or like with world's implication and this and that and it's just like you know the the excel when it, when excel was still in it knocking about that felt like a final of its own right and then bds versus Fnatic felt like a final of its own to a certain degree and 
G2 mad, of course, whatever. It just feels like there's been these kind of like big best of fives happening recently, and they're all split up, which is a little bit odd to me. But either way, it's all coming to a close here this weekend with the finals of finals. There are three teams still left in it G2 Esports, Mad Lions, and Fnatic. G2 are in the grand finals, shooed in, and they will be awaiting the winner of Mad Lions versus Fnatic. Uh, I want to get you guys' opinions on the format as a whole, but also just how this com- these finals and playoffs uh, have been. Maybe a little look back at some of our predictions that we had as well. And I will say, just to kick things off, I told you XL would choke. What did I bloody say? What did I say? And they got clean sweat versus Mad Lions and then lost 3-2 versus Fnatic, despite the form uh, coming oh. into the playoffs, arguably yeah. they were like a top three team, almost a shoe in for for Wells. I was like, nah, it's not happening. <laughs> it's not happening. They're gonna choke and they're gonna die. And they did. They're not. They're out. They're they're, they're not gonna make Worlds. So, so, yes, thoughts about LEC, Rich. I uh, I'll come to you first here, mate. What are you thinking? Give me your thoughts. Uh, I mean, I will say that it's one of those like when there's such an overhaul in format, it's one of those things where I. I was purely looking at the format itself rather than the scheduling when I gave like my full take, you know, like ahead of time. And I guess like maybe I did look at the dates. Maybe the dates weren't out at the time. I can't even remember. But I would say that on the while I overall obviously like the change to the format this year, I think it was most notable in winter and spring where you're like, okay, yeah, we're, get, we're doing like a really quick round robin. Then we're jumping into series play, GSL playoffs, this is and then like the double limb brackets. This is just a good format, a much better format. When we got to summer, things got so messy. Like you start with the same thing, and then you realize, like looking at the schedule, like wait, hang on, what's going on? And you're trying to do the calculations in your head of like the point system that leads into the overall season final stuff. But you're also trying to care about what's happening in summer final specifically. And G2, like for people who've probably already forgotten, got that little shitty shield for like winning the summer thing, which legit looked plastic, by the way. And then probably was. And now we're going immediately then into the start of season finals. But then there's huge breaks randomly. Like it was so weird. Like it was just really jarring to try and follow the narrative from like the start of summer split onwards, I think was a mess. But I think it was mainly down to how it was scheduled rather than the pure format. I think you can make the pure format better. But like that three week gap between like the the season final starting and then the week gaps between games, which didn't really seem to make sense that you would have a week gap between like, for example, when Fnatic were playing SK at a lower tier game than XL playing Mad. But we had to wait over a week to see that game after. It was really strange. So they need to clean that up for next year they need to bring in some of these games closer and sort of space space the season better because it was a complete mess and also the whole thing gave me so much more credence to the belief as well that we've all held i think for a really long time which is if you can have gaps this fucking big you can definitely fit in another extra international tournament at some point right like it doesn't take a rocket scientist to look at the parallel schedules in sort of na and lpl and whatever to kind of work that one out so yeah i think the format overall was like big improvement. Scheduling was a mess, especially on the European side, like a huge mess. And it has led to uh, 
significantly less hype for me for these finals for two reasons. One, for what I've just stated, and two, because it does seem like G2 is just so much better than everyone else. And this was like a prevailing thought I had when I was watching the G2 Mad series, which is, and I tweeted it, like, I feel like in Europe right now, it's either G2 wins or G2 decides to lose. Obviously, not in a literal <laughs> sense, but basically they troll. They don't take it seriously. They take We've their foot, that off, foot before, off the gas. <laughs> yeah, whatever metaphor or you know <laughs> imagery you want to use, that they're not trying 100% all the time. And that's when sometimes they get caught out and they lose. Because in drafting, they're still the most flexible team in Europe by far. They kind of de facto have an edge on everyone there. And then the player power still through the fucking roof, isn't it? And their team synergy and macro still beyond anyone in Europe. So it's very... Very underwhelming from those two standpoints and obviously that's a shame and I feel like the whole season almost has been hinging at least since the lineup changes has been hinging on this idea of can Fnatic become a good team like can they be the best version of themselves because we've all said that the players on paper you know are really good and we'll see some in a couple of insane games from Razork where he's literally playing all three lanes at the same time and looks like the best jungler in Europe we've seen games where Humanoid has popped off and looked like you know, true humanoid. And then they bring in another fucking Jekyll and Hyde player in Trimby, who's like, when this guy gets his picks, he's insane. When he mental booms, he's complete trash. It's like, yeah. And then we've got the drama with the top lane or whatever. And you're just hoping that Fnatic can magically tie it all together at some point and be competitive with G2. Because that was basically only the ever angle, right? Like even when XL were doing well, we all said XL is not a good team. They are a team who have absolutely maxed out their abilities and are playing in an incredibly a uh, time when incredibly weak teams around them or teams that can't get their shit together and they've like just whoop gone in and slotted in behind G2. Miles behind G2, but behind G2, right? And now we're hoping that Fnatic does the same thing but uses their ceiling and gets like even closer to G2 and we get a competitive finals. But it feels like the whole season's just been hinging on that. Since Vitality shit the bed, it's feel it only felt like Fnatic was the only team on paper who could really hypothetically challenge G2. So I'm still waiting for that big performance because spoiler alert Fnatic just edging out xl when edge xl inted a couple of those drafts and should have won game five did not make me think oh boy i can't wait for Fnatic to play g2 i still think that will be a stomp unless i see something uh, wholly different in this uh Fnatic g2 series i'm uh, sorry um mad g2 series so that's what i'm hoping for i'm hoping that we sacrifice uh you know uh, Isaiah on the mountain or whatever and get a 3-0 in the uh, Mad series and then Isaac, sorry, and then we get the uh, we get right, the biblical reference game on point okay so, and then, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, I, watching, you know? yeah, and then we uh, then we get a proper, we sacrifice Mad to get the proper final basically, that Fnatic yeah. absolutely steamroller them, everyone's in peak performance because that's the only thing that's going to get you hyped like seriously, like, and I think, you know, from everyone's perspective, from a viewership perspective everything Fnatic need to annihilate Mad and everyone needs to look good. Wonder, hopefully, looks like his old self a bit and then people can get really excited for, for the final. Otherwise, it's just... It's going to be one of the most underwhelming finals of all time, otherwise. And if I had to guess, I think Mad, probably by just being a little bit more reliable, I suppose, probably I'd favour them to beat Fnatic at this point, just about. So I'm really hoping that doesn't happen. You don't seem to enthusiastic either way about the LEC finals as I said it's like the format or the scheduling for the format was so bad I legit I, I did a EuroLeague episode three weeks ago where at the end of the episode I wasn't really concentrating but I was like yeah and uh because we did like a finals like a season finals preview thing so I was like oh I'll see you, all you guys uh 
after finals. And then, then I was like, next episode, I was like, wait a minute. That's in like five weeks. What am I talking about? They're, the way they've like blocked this out, this is going to take forever. This isn't like some boom, 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 like hitting you with series after series, which it really should be when you've had like the spaced out season, like winter, spring, summer, sort of playing out over a set period of time. And that's like the grand finals. That shouldn't be fucking... This isn't the World Cup, right? Like, you don't need to <laughs> extend this out over a month or two months. It's like, this should be the concentrated, like, super hype tournament that everyone, like, is focused on and cares about. You don't do that over the course of, like, a ludicrously long amount of time when you've been building up to it in the months and months before. So I just think that was a mess. And as I said, G2 obviously being super dominant is a bit of a downer uh but as a few people said on uh have said on other shows as well if if g2 isn't as super dominant as they are then what fucking hope do we have for it like internationally because these other teams look rubbish they all look absolutely dog shit when xl were good they still look dog sh xl by the way the only team i've ever seen in a major region who've been like the second best team at any point in time who do not have a jungler how is that even possible unless your region is fucked? So, yeah, like, I guess we've got to be happy to a certain extent that G2 are as dominant as they are because maybe Worlds will be worth watching from a European partisan perspective. Uh, not that most of us watch it for the West anyway, but still. So, yeah, I'm just hoping Fnatic bridge the gap, basically. But I th <laughs> they've had so many chances that I'm not confident. All right, then, Doran, what are you thinking? I'll do, I'll do two angles on this because I think whenever you talk about format, one of the things you have to do is everyone only complains when a specific instance happens they don't like. Like famously, like that thing where Mad Lions, if you remember in spring, they actually end up winning the split, but they didn't need to. If you remember, like if they'd even lost to G2 in that first playoff game, they would have qualified automatically because how the points worked. Right. That's an example where someone's complaining and you're justified because you're seeing a problem. But basically, you also needed to look at the abstract format before any teams were inserted and figure out that problems like this would exist. And that's basically a point you could have gotten ahead of when you looked at how the championship points worked and who gets to go where and essentially what you do is you do a dry run of the tournament you input a bunch of data and you see what the outputs so there's two ways you look at this one is the abstract of just the format in general and then the other one like rich did at the end there is the actual specifics of the format with these teams playing this way because on the last point i actually think that's why people are now in my opinion overly and unduly harshly judging this format what they're complaining about isn't the format yeah. because notice the way they phrase it isn't about the groups into the into the best of threes into the best of five. what they're complaining about is things like it's barring well what year of lec was ever like this guys like every other year there's the two best states you can have and lec was always one of these two go like this you either want two or three elite teams who have their own little internal meta of beating each other and they're competing with each other by the way that was last year last year it was g2 rogue and fanatic those are the teams that realistically had a chance to win it was about right who can get in a good form in the playoffs again there was a bit of you know a beats beats b beats c who plays who at what point in the bracket and all that jazz that's awesome. Everyone loves that. That's yeah. probably the easiest meta to set up in esports. The other one you want is the other one LEC used to have. The other one is you just want it to be no dominant team, but like six teams could all in theory win. You think of the Schalke Miracle Run. You think of some of the other split. I mean, the, all the ones, by the way, where like the one with OG, the same one came last place, even though like there's no way they were the worst team in Europe. They had mega players. Like you, you want one of those two because those two can ensure you have like competition, tension. You don't know who's going to win. The worst 
worst thing you can have is this. You have one dominant team and they are so dominant, they almost cannot lose. And then the other teams aren't even like, we're just blind. We're essentially the joke in Europe. And I was, I would describe it like this. You've got one dominant team, G2, and then the others just put their names in a hat, like with the season finals and the summer finals. But, Positions two to five in a hat, draw them out, and that's probably about as reliable as the results in the server would be. So really what you complain about is there's no one to beat G2. Well, I don't think the format has anything to do with that, mate. I think yeah. if you took these exact lineups and had them play nine weeks of BO1s that we used to have into a normal single double and playoff, I don't think suddenly Mad Lions, Excel, and Fnatic are awesome and G2 doesn't win. I think actually the same results happen. So to me, on the specifics, I actually think what we're complaining about has nothing to do with the format. It's a Essentially, that some of the biggest dogs in Europe inted the fucking GMing. Like, obviously, the most obvious one's XL. They fucked it up to the extent they didn't even get it together till summer. They were actually irrelevant, the first two splits. But if you remember, dude, even the biggest hater ever had them, like, what, fourth in LEC when they put that lineup together? Everyone thought this would be a great lineup. Then you had Koi, the fucking reigning champions. They should be in the mix. They were never in the mix. If people don't know, they never even went to a final this entire year with four chat, never single final ever. Then you had Fnatic basically shit the bed and all also got it together by the time summer came and then after that as rich says vitality was the one that gathered all the talent and then they mega shit the bed i mean they had the middle split that was okay but aside from that they never lived up to the performance so really i think it's actually just really bad luck basically if you yeah. could run if you could keep this format for next year assuming the gms do a better job i think it will seem way better if you have like two or three really competitive teams i also think you even had bad luck on certain aspects of how gm uh gming worked for g2 like who the fuck could ever have known mickey x and han samuel would actually be unbeatable there wasn't any reason to think that like Tansama was fucking whacking team liquid mickey x was good but he was off an xl like it turns out they also just got super lucky like even the yike pickups ridiculous if people forget it that was supposed to be either yanko stairs or they buy el yoya somehow none of that happens they end up with the yike guy and actually split on split on split he got better and better and better and that's why at the end you also can't beat g2 so i also think some of it's like specific to the game and where the game's at then on the more bigger picture of the is the format essentially good? I think the problem with the format, there's two ways of looking at it. One is how people who are playing in it are, are framing it, how much they think it's important. But the other part is how they messaged it to the fans. And I think they failed on both regards. Because you'll notice, we keep hearing comments on the broadcast in the season finals. They don't say this, Rich. Well, they've won the game and they're alive to still potentially win the season finals. They go, they've won that game and that's got them the third seed for Worlds. So what are you doing? Yeah. You're taking the season finals yeah. and making it about a different tournament. So what do you know? That's not going to seem like an important tournament. Now, in fact, you're even implying, and dude, I see a lot of fans doing this. is really disturbing to me. You're even implying that if you're a team like Mad Lions, where you have basically already qualified and you're not in the qualifying spot, it's like, actually, you can just fuck around because who cares? You're at Worlds. It's like, who cares? We're talking about the chance to win your region for that year to be the number one team in your... That's supposed to be, after Worlds, the next most important accomplishment. So to me, the, the problem there is how you framed and messaged it. Like, here's what I would do differently. I think this proves to me something I already knew from how the summer splits used to work. You cannot have the two happen at the same time. It can't simultaneously be a domestic championship, which is one set of goals, and then another one of just finished top X and qualify for Worlds. Because everyone's going to say, but Worlds is the ultimate goal. I don't even think that makes sense in my opinion. Because, yeah. for example, answer this if you think about it. Which is more realistic, that BDS could win Europe or win Worlds? <laughs> 
Well, one of them's like not even plausible. So if they made it all about who cares, we had the worlds. Well, you're not going to do anything. The yeah. joke is you actually should be focused more on fucking winning Europe, if anything. Like the only team who can afford to look to worlds is fucking G2 because they're just so good. So in my opinion, you should just separate the two. I actually think this is why no one's complaining about the other regions, dude. Because in the LPL and the LCK, summer playoffs is summer playoffs. That just gets you like a top seed. After that, if you don't know, nearly all the other teams, like if people don't know, Hanwha Life was like the fourth or third best team. They don't get to go to Worlds this year because they still have a regional and they failed the regional. In my opinion, the reason you separate them is then the season finals is all about the season yeah. and it is a championship and first is what you're going for. Then you have your regional where, yeah, then it's just about if you get a seed, if you just get to Worlds. That's, those are two separate goals. And then I'd also add in... I think the other mistake was the way they framed this whole season finals thing. Like, the real problem, Dom is the first one who made the, this point to me, but it, as soon as he said it, I can't not see it now. It sounded awesome, because I'm a fan of, like, Grand Slams and tennis and, you know, sports with open circuits like snooker with all competition. I like it when there's loads of tournaments, but he is right. By making it that there's, like, three splits, but we're just calling them splits again, like there used to be two, but then there's also a season finals. Mm. You have sort of diluted the championships there. Like, like realistically... Mad Lions winning that spring split. I mean, if you just even look at it, it isn't as impressive as Rogue breaking through the G2 for yeah. that dynasty. And bring, like That feels so much bigger from Rogue because of the stakes. So in my opinion, you also do need, this is trickier, but you need something like, you need the season final to basically feel like the ultimate goal domestically. So it should have massive stakes. I also think Rich has nailed it with the scheduling. The dumbest move ever was this drawn out weekend after weekend after weekend thing that keeps resetting. The season finals needs to be like the CSGO major. You need to be like two yes, weeks and yes, every day exactly. or two you're playing a match yeah. and as a result especially by the end it'll get mega hype yeah. imagine when there's only the three teams left and you're all playing every day like that's when it'll feel fucking epic to win and then the other thing is you still want the three splits to feel like something but they can't feel like a full split that needs to almost feel like a mini split or something because what i would love is this is if the way that you use the mini split is you don't brag about it like it was an old lec title because those were like championships if you look who won a lot of those the ring count's pretty legit it is the greatest players ever i want the mini one to be more like this rich it's more like if you were like a, a second to fourth team the way you can talk shit or diss someone is like you haven't even won a mini split that's yeah. what i would be like it's like that's because it because like, the idea is if we're gonna have three of those you can have a fluke run like mad lions did and get lucky and win and then lastly just like i said with the season finals this is why actually riot always does paint themselves into the corner then claim there's nothing they can do because they're painted into a corner why do international tournaments have to last a month in league yeah. of legends like bro you know we i don't know if people know this the first csgo major in 2013 was three days long three the one that like Fnatic went over yeah. nip and walked up that was three whole days for the whole tournament like you can have like he says if you have a three-week gap bro we're not asking for fucking worlds just do like a one-week tournament with like eight teams from around the world and a cool format and if you want don't even you don't even have to make it part of the circuit make it a one-off with nice prize money or something cool like that to play for like of crowdfunding or some shit like that like you really could fit this in. Like, I think some of those problems, they've already sort of decided because it has to be a month and it has to be a big build-up and a play-in. So these are things that are like, that's an arbitrary decision. You don't have to make that decision, in my opinion. So actually, basically, I'm quite actually um, going against the grain on this one. I know a lot of people do actually think that the LEC format sucks and they think it's destroyed the hype. But like I say, I think that's more actually that we're just very, we've gotten very unlucky with the GM and with the teams. Like for some reason, there just is no true competition. I mean, I'll say it this way the best. I don't actually flame Mad Lions very much if people watch my shows because I always say, bro, they shouldn't even be in the position to be the main competition of G2. When that team was formed at the beginning of this year, all the analysts I know were like, right, this should be like the fourth or fifth yeah. best team. 
and they're like a, like, like a cool dark horse, which, by the way, is exactly what that roster should be. Players like Hillisang, players like fucking... Um, Chatey, these are coin yeah. flippers, mate. Like these aren't people who are going to dominate. So the idea that they're second place—that's no diss to them. That just shows that the rest of the league didn't didn't sort of do their job, in my opinion. Yeah. By the way, Easy on the Fox. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say on the po- just very quickly on the point you yeah. made of like obviously one thing I should have mentioned with like the World Cup or whatever. Why I was saying that it's stupid to like duplicate that. Obviously, the reason a World Cup is as long as it is is because it's physical. So you have to recover. Like it would be physically impossible sure. to play game after game after game. <clears throat> so it's just another one. That, in my opinion, this is one of these other contrived. Listen, if you could, that would be way more hype. Well, yeah, well, yeah, of course. One game every day would be awesome, wouldn't be it? Amazing. Who the fuck would love that? Yeah, yeah, but as a but again, it's like I think it's a, one of these things where they've tried, maybe not fully, but they've tried to like uh, duplicate traditional sports because they're like, oh, how is the biggest tournament That's in the world? The right done? And it's like they haven't factored that in yes. at all. And the other thing is as well, back on your narrative point of like. Um, how the the broadcast team and Riot sort of framed it. I think that's so spot on because, for example, when BDS played um, Fnatic and the winner went went on to yes, continue, exactly. and then BDS, they were talk- as soon as they lost and they were saying like, ah, for the winners, this for the they- when they talk about BDS, they're like, yep. oh, and BDS should be super happy they get to play Golden Guardians, oh, Shot of Worlds. It's like what the fuck? They've just lost a heartbreaking like best of five series. And- chance to win our whole region yes. for the year. Like, and, dude, how's that minor thing? That's not just a bonus. That's the goal. Yeah, and people always talk about, you know, when they when they talk, you know, to me about like my experiences with teams or whatever, and they're like, oh, H2K 2016. Mate, I always say, fuck H2K 2016. I would have swapped that semi-final to win LEC. I would oh, have. Gosh. Because for me, yeah. it's like when they inter- when uh, football pundits like interview fans on the street and they say, would you rather win the FA Cup or qualify for the Champions League as Spurs? Spurs aren't going to win the fucking Champions League are they exactly. take the trophy every time yes. in 50 years time you look back and you say Spurs are like a very proud cup team right historically they've got loads of cups and looking back say we've won 10 FA Cups that's way more baller than we qualified for the Champions League six seasons in a row it doesn't mean shit if you've got no chance to actually fucking you know you get a ticket to the dance but you're not going to be voted fucking prom queen are you you're going to lose so who gives a shit go home you're ugly like Seriously, it's just it's just stupid, and the way they frame that now. You just crowbarred in the dig at Spurs <laughs> fans now, specifically. I know, like. Wow. <laughs> on point, fan of Son Brand. Yeah, I mean, I'm a I, I'm an Arsenal fan. I should probably oh, shut that out. Yeah, there you go. Anyway, yeah, Fox, <laughs> <laughs> what's your take? Quickly try and dig yourself out of that one. Yeah, I see. Um, no, I, I you open up a can of worms there. Thorin saying about yeah why don't you just chuck in another international tournament like I've always been I, I've never liked the idea of a whole league in league like the league system never since I originally was uh, a count like Counter-Strike was like my first right. proper esports yes. I got into and I just the, the tournament system is just so superior and you're talking about why as well as like a month long when we've got you know the CS major was three days long it's because we have one of these fucking things a year you know, it's disgusting. Like, I mean, MSI, I guess, but it's like one team per region and stuff. Like, it doesn't really, yeah, it's it's tragic. And I would love to, to see more of these international events. I think everyone, every every view, all, all the fans want to see it too. Problem is, Riot is a control freak. Absolutely. Like, they want full control over everything that their IP touches. And you could argue, why don't Riot set up this tournament? It's because it dilutes the value of the league system, you know? and And they don't, they're not yeah that's where their investors are that's where their money's at and whatever and it's all that stuff so it's just the politics involved is 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 gross so 
yeah and, and i'm a bit surprised though um coming to you rich when you said it was more it's more important to win domestically than like challenge internationally because one of the big criticisms of the west i guess um in league of legends is that you know they don't have aspirations for worlds it depends who you are though like if i'm g2 like 2019 and i've won our x amount of titles in a row then yes then at that point being in the position to maybe win internationally becomes more important but if you're bds then you know don't run before you can walk like i i want a title at the end of it i don't want to be the team that's known that they got like a semi sort of fluky run or something and maybe they did made it they just made it out of groups at worlds fuck that no one cares about that in you know x amount of years whereas if you especially as a player as well by the way if i'm nuclear in if i'm nuclear in and i tell someone who follows league or like is a new follower of league and i'm like oh mate i uh i made it out of groups once as the uh lec fourth seed then you know in five years ago they're just going to roll their eyes but if you say i won lec actually i'm a champion i won an lec title that's like yeah again it's about resume after the fact in the moment eu fans get more excited because you snowball this dream in your head of oh my god they won another game at worlds oh my god they're actually going to get out of groups oh my god now anything can happen but actually in reality no anything can't happen because there's going to be some fucking s tier korean team and chinese team on the other side of the bracket who are waiting to plow your fucking face in and in a best of five you know nuclear in and shio aren't gonna do anything are they like dude here's so. what gives it away i mean we all know the person in question when everyone talked shit on forgiven they didn't say well, it doesn't matter. You never made any LEC finals. You made that semis at Worlds. No, they all just kept telling him he never made an LEC final, even after he did the semis at Worlds. Like, that just shows you ultimately what people value. Like, they might say they want the Worlds run, but again, unless you're actually winning Worlds, you'd rather just win your, your region and show you yeah, the best for in the sure. region. And also, I would just say, like, obviously I'm biased or whatever, but when you have a team that's, like, reaching the latter stages of international events and you have players like fucking yankos forgiven odd one it is different than if bds or someone scraped to that position yes, like exactly. there, there is actually like again i always say people it's, it's a pretty small little fucking thing to hang on to but i always say go and watch like the early games of like hdk versus samsung like yankos is fucking styling mate like we have leads we should win at least one of those games it's like there there, there is a difference and this is also by the way why people have given mad unfairly because obviously it's not their fault but so much stick over being our representative at international tournaments because they oh, don't sure. have those st they don't have yankos well they have yeah. yo-yo actually to be fair but they don't have those yankos-esque players in every role right like we kind of did like g2 2019 did it is a different thing so i would say for the vast majority of the teams who are not well for every team not named g2 you should be hyper focusing on the fact that you can maybe win domestically and g2 could have a day off the difference is at worlds SKT, EDG, JDG, fucking DRX, whoever, name it. They're not all going to consecutively have days off and you somehow win Worlds, right? It's never happened. It won't happen. So, yeah. By the way, here's the real question, though, Foxdrop, is as someone who also knows other esports, like Couchlike, like you say, just comparing what we had in the past, so last year's is basically like quite similar to the LEC old format. Last year versus this year, Ignoring like the team aspect, do you actually prefer this format? Would you be like the fans? Would you go back to the old two split system and the BL ones into playoffs? What would you choose if you had the choice? Between what LEC's done now and, yeah. and what they had before. Do you prefer last year or this year? Um, so I think it's difficult to say because as you as you I've both mentioned, the scheduling of the finals specifically, I've, I've it just kills all the hype. You know, I think if you're going to do the finals like 
you know, have this one big important one before Worlds. You need to have it like just one, like have it a week or whatever. Just have your finals done and and whatever. Um, but to be honest, I I I'm not I'm not sure which one I would prefer because I. I'm I'm actually probably leaning more towards just the two splits because I do think okay. like that it's prestigious in that more prestigious in that sense, right? Like there's two opportunities to win the title in LEC, you know? Um and with this I just found myself getting kind of like drowning out the it was almost just like white noise at this point. Oh, there's another final for for LEC or there's another split and then this split starting and this split. I, I just there was just a lot. It was just a, a lot of competition and, and more importantly a lot of um when when you have a lot when you increase the, the volume of important games those games become less important right it's like it's like a it, it, i feel like you're, you're diluting what it means for an important game to be an important game right imagine if there was only one split imagine if there's only one game in the whole whole year that these teams played that one game would be exceptionally important now if there was a million games one one individual game not that important right i i just don't there's just this this tendency to just volumize League of Legends esports, and I, for me personally, I'm not really a huge fan of it, honestly. Um, but again, I do think my hype has been killed with the with the scheduling, so maybe that's playing okay. into my opinion as well. So because you have to realize, Rich, to me, we're like we're we're a lot we're a lost cause. We're just like <laughs> too hardcore in esports, like nerds who just we're out of touch with reality. Like I mean, you didn't even bloody know how much that honey cost earlier that you yourself <laughs> eat. Whereas to me, essentially, Foxtrot plays the role of like you know this is like a British reference, the white I'm man, van, you know, he's the he's the normal bloke, the working class <laughs> yeah, guy on the street, and that's why I want to I want to get a sense of you know where's he at on this? What's he feeling? That's, that's what are the streets mean. whispering? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I'm your I'm your urban connection yes. to the. Even the is in workshops, like they think he's the nerd and the weird on the internet. Oh like, yeah, as you're closer to reality yeah. than when we are. Uh, if only they knew how bad <laughs> exactly. it could be. Yes. <laughs> Let's move on to our last topic of the day here. Some more League of Legends stuff, but we're hopping across the pond. Um, technically, yeah. EG, EG's a NA. Is that yeah, NA? I think we'll yeah. say NA. At least from from a League of Legends perspective, it's definitely NA. Um. But yes, uh, EG, Evil Geniuses. Now, I know you guys are not the biggest fans of this organization for some fairly justified reasons. And they've, uh, they've done something. They've done something recently. Uh, that something was released an internal memo with the, with the um, leaving slash firing slash releasing of uh, Nicole, who was their old CEO. And essentially, the internal memo is like, thank you, Nicole, for being here. Nicole's brilliant. Nicole shits the Warren Buffett of esports. She's the Warren exactly. She's fantastic. And um yes, very, very gassing up Nicole. And you kind of broke this the the, the internal memo that came out, Thorin, right? It was you who, who released it to the public and you have talked about it. And there were some responses like, Wow, this is kind of crazy, this is a little bit um a little bit much, but also a lot of responses were this is just how corporate American culture is, right? Any company, if the CEO leaves, you gas them up and then you bring in the new whatever, right? It's just kind of how it is. We're kind of nitpicking a little bit here about how much EG were uh, overhyping themselves. Um, but I want to give you a, an opportunity here as well to kind of address right. that, your opinion on that, but also to kind of actually make it more tangent, uh, make it more of a, more of a, 
useful question here do you think you know if it is just you know this u.s kind of corporate culture leaking into esports do you think that hinders esports as a whole you know, do you actually think that's a negative impact on the esports industry on the scene and these organizations which as time has progressed have become more and more corporate long gone are the bailiff days of of old and now we do have these multi-million dollar corporations running around uh, fielding esports teams so thorin Tell me, uh, give your response and then what you think about, about all that. The main problem with this topic is there's sort of two layers to it. And one of them is actually not to do with evil geniuses. It's a meta contextual layer about who are the ones saying EG did it wrong. And because it's me and Monty, it could also be me, Monty and Richard. In other cases, could even be someone like Rich here. Like when we say things are wrong, we have the most annoying reply guys of all time. We have people who appear, and even though we're objectively right that like this thing's fucked up, they appear just to get annoyed that we're annoyed at something justified, but then they're annoyed in an unjustified way that we're annoyed, and so they just literally do the worst whataboutism of all time. They'll just sort of like, people know the example, like a current topical example that drives Richard crazy because it's so feckless, is when Richard will say, hey, I thought you said you supported this cause, but you're going to a, con a tournament in a country where they're government doesn't support that and they run the tournament isn't that hypocritical and morons will unironically go huh what the hell richard you don't say things about tournaments in the uk and it's like well let's just check <laughs> what he said there he didn't say your tournament is in the country he said it's in the country run by the people doing the things you said they don't so as long as the tournament in the uk isn't run by the uk government who then decides some social policy that we agree with it's not really at all the same scenario in fact you're just kind of wasting our time with thinking you've got showed something you haven't got us on anything you basically didn't understand the point so similarly they've done that on this topic where really what's happened is this because the main reason I released it, by the way, it wasn't like some journalistic endeavor. One, I knew it was safe. It was sent to everyone with an EG. And two, it's just really funny, isn't it? Like, as a final note on her regime, like, the joke is you couldn't parody this. If you brought back the old website, Esports Express, they couldn't make a fake version of this that would be more ridiculous. It goes to the ultimate heights of ridiculousness. Like, if people don't know, the people that Nicola Point Jameson, essentially a semi-failed CEO who is now stepping down in shame when she doesn't want to. The circumstances of her leaving is, are being compared to Sean Connery, one of the most legendary actors of all time, just choosing to be finished with Hollywood and stop making movies after a career. I mean, I'm going to guess he was in his bloody 80s when he did that. Like, he'd had a whole career. They also compared her to Ken Dryden, a guy who was like a rookie phenom in hockey and won fucking six Stanley Cups in the 1970s with the Montreal like Canadiens. And then they also, like you say, compared her to Warren Buffett, probably like the most famous and greatest stock market investor ever who consistently beat the market return for like 40 plus years and is essentially like he either cheats or he's a genius it's like it's just not they compared to essentially like i say you couldn't parody this because where would you go beyond this like you'd have to like compare it actually to like alexander the great or something to make it more ridiculous than this so the real problem here is that is just funny i thought everyone would get a kick out of this but because i said what ridiculous like gaslighting this is like you put even though she's clearly leaving on some like semi 
three political scandal that we're all like, you know, intentionally not addressing the elephant in the room, but you know, we're just going to say thanks for your service and you know, you did a good job, shame of the way it went. Instead of doing that, they've done the opposite and they've made it out like she's some incredible person who's accomplished. They've actually, unironically, if you read the framing, they've implied like she's done everything. They even tried to like use like fucked up conflation of terms to trick you if you're not from certain games yeah. and make you think that she's won like the CSGO major and the international and league worlds. In reality, all she won was the Valorant World Championship. That's it, which is good, but they make it almost sound like LCS is Worlds and like, you know, a CS tournament in 2019 is the major. Like they try and make it sound like she completed esports basically and now she's choosing to leave us. Now here's what's annoying. The people who went against that and implied me and Monty were making like, you know, a mountain out of a molehill. They've done, I actually think, the stupidest fucking straw man I've ever seen because their straw man is that this is standard corporate practice in corporate America. They don't even just say esports, bro. Like if they said esports, that'd be one thing. They're just saying all of corporate America, this is how things are done. Now I can tell you because one, I am the one who brought you this email. This is not at all what internal emails are like in corporate esports America. Like I don't even care if everyone goes, yeah, you know the bloody Americans. No, no, they don't do this. Like, do you think when do you think when fucking LS left Cloud9, they sent an internal email <laughs> saying he was basically Coma 2.0 and that he'd completed everything by having two good weeks and winning three games? And that, you know, he was stepping down because he had to, like, you know, go back to his planet like fucking Poochie on that episode. No, they didn't. They didn't do that at all. Even if you were going to blow smoke up someone's ass, you'd do it, like, fairly neutrally. You'd be like, you know, thanks for your efforts. You know, you accomplished a lot. You could do it in a way. Nobody would put in these crazy references. They didn't even just do one. Dude, if it had just been Warren Buffett, that would become memeable. Every name they put in there was bonkers. Like, even the one that's the female soccer player. If people don't know, I think she's won, like, the World Cup a few times or something mental like that. Like, it's actually outrageous to names they listed and so like I, I actually think the person who made themselves look stupid is anyone who suggested that is normal and obviously Rich has been in multiple orgs like I can tell you this isn't even vaguely how it is even the dickhead orgs like TSM don't do this mate either that's that's why I actually do think the weirdest thing isn't that they like bigged her up it's that it is almost like I said it's like they're trying to gaslight their own employees internally like this isn't even for the public this was never supposed to be seen by the public like in fact I almost get the vibe since this wasn't in the public statement, like when they released her from the org, or she's leaving, that actually they know it would be embarrassing in public, but they just want to gaslight their employees to have to believe this is how it was. So to me, I think the whole thing, the silliest thing is like, one, it is just funny and it is absurd, the email. But then I also think like, what a shit gotcha. If your gotcha is like, what would Thorin and Monty know about corporate? Like, what would the guy who brought you the email know about emails that you don't see unless I bring you them? I don't know, everything. I mean, why, why do they do this, Rich? One thing I'll never understand is this. You can say my opinions are shit about esports, but I am like, you could like actually objectively prove I have insane connections in the industry. Like, surely the one thing we can't dispute is that I definitely know what goes on within teams and I know famous people that I don't only talk to on camera for fuck's sake. So to me, the sad part about Prove this, it, name your this. source. No, exactly. Now it, now it just feels like people are just trying to claim that, like, I'm the beginner to esports. Like, no, brilliant. Yeah, great, great position to have there. I've only put like, two, two fucking decades in this motherfucker. But yeah, that's right, guy on Reddit. You probably know better than me what internal emails are like within an org as you're viewing your first one that I showed you. <laughs> Oh, there's the other thing, by the way. The last point I would say as well is, when the fuck do these ever get leaked? 
This is like the first one ever. So how would any of you, random plebs, know what the internal emails are like? I know, because I've seen them. The joke, by the way, is you know the reason why they haven't leaked? Because they're not like this. They're really boring. They're just shit internal emails. Like, if they were all like this, by the way, I'd have leaked fucking 50 of these before. If TSM really was just saying, like, when Lena left, that she, like, was like the fucking Tesla of esports. Yeah, I'd have fucking leaked that one too, but they never. it's never that sexy. It's just some boring email. Like, you know, well done. We wish you well or whatever. Like, it's a standard, you know, platitude. In fact, you know, the one TSM email that did get leaked, leaked because it was so outrageous and ridiculous was that fake one if you remember that was doing the rounds where they were offering yes. different people like i think you like your yes. Marto veteran like they were offering them like the head coaching role but the way it was yeah. worded and everything was and obviously, yeah that got leaked in fact actually i think i put yes. that on twitter that uh one on twitter and it was just like look how ridiculous this is like yeah if if this was happening you know twice on a sunday it you would be for sure yeah, you'd on. see it yeah. of course like, yes Hey, spoiler, I'm almost certain that's why I was even sent the email that even the guy within EG that sent me it's going like, fucking hell, you've got to see this bit. I get that. I get that. that was almost like the vibe I think of why he's... I don't think he sent me it thinking it was going to be a big exposure. Like I say, to me, it's actually just like, it's more just, it's more comedy material. It's not really like anything serious. Like, I don't think EG should be like punished for having a shit email or whatever. It's just funny that they're so ridiculous that they're still made. Like, basically to me, they just are maintaining some like mad big brother regime where everyone just has like double speak and they have to be like, no, it's excellent that Nicole left, even though on the one hand she was a genius but you know she had to go on to bigger things like, it's like they just have to mind fuck themselves and i just think when i read this like bloody hell imagine working for this hog <laughs> sounds like a nightmare my my favorite part of that email i mean it, it's kind of ridiculous in and of itself as we've established but uh this is mega nitpicking but as a hockey fan the dryden reference oh, wild, isn't is it? such a strange person to pick yeah you know he is not among you know he's not like one of the it's not like Wayne Gretzky like, or something. Exactly. Yeah, he's not yeah. like the, he, he's not the LeBron yeah. James or anything like that. He's not like the Messi or the or the Cristiano Ronaldo. This guy rocked up into hockey. Got he was a, he was a late starter. Rocked in. Um, fair enough. He was part of one of the greatest dynasties, like you know, of not really modern era of like the eighties or seventies, whenever it was. Played for like six or seven years. Was like one of the best goalies in the league for that time, and then buggered off to go be a lawyer slash politician. What on earth is that about? Like he's he's such a unique and niche example. It's like only people who are hardcore hockey nerds even know who this guy is. Like foreshadowing yeah, the Coles' like, future career in politics, maybe. Well, there you go. Is he a running for governor? Also did put that in as well to absolutely be like, no, no, open up this menu's delicious Belgian chocolate. They put that line in it that is so criminal, where they say that like you know her next like she's going to do bigger things than this. Yeah. Spoiler, she isn't. Like if you look at even actually how they even explain it in the email, she was a fucking intern at this bro brokerage company or whatever arbitrage company, and then after uni they just put her in like some puppet fucking regime and then that's it like as far as i can tell they're done with her it's time for a new puppet which they even then try to spin that he's a genius he's like charlie monger remembers <laughs> the analogy and then like i, I spoiler i'll just cut to the chase she won't be doing anything bigger yeah. than be ceo of a company worth 300 million like she will be doing nothing you'll never hear from her again like yeah. i'd not be surprised even in esports if she's a big deal after this in fact that's even one part about this that is itself so silly about the eg regime is when the fuck does a ceo ever have to have this much face time and be the center of convo like 
bro, it took a long time before people like Jack built up this image of like, I represent the org and stuff. Like people just know they're the head bloke. Her mistake was she did make it all about herself. And so as a result, yeah, it has to be all about her. And like, I always thought that was just weird, mate. To me, an executive's not really the person who is the face of your team. Although, like, essentially, that was like a shit version of trying to do what Carlos did, but he was the real owner, so that never yeah. even made sense to me. That a CEO made themselves like the person on the team, you know. And, that, and by the way, spoiler, this will be the heights of her career, obviously. It's not even a diss. It was a fucking enormous job. It's why it's so egregious she was shit at it. <laughs> do you have any thoughts on this as well? Rich, I know this is kind of like Thorin's thing, but maybe more towards like... Oh, yeah, I'm sure he's got some angle. Come on. Yeah, I mean, pig, yeah, just quickly piggybacking right. off uh, what you said about... like That's always been like a massive pet peeve of mine in general when even like, not just like CEOs, but management people in general make, like, make it all about them and have like main character syndrome. Like I fucking hate that so much. Especially, by the way, like Carlos, again, for people who don't... It's a complete anomaly where you have an ex... Oh, he's the biggest outlier. Player, right? yeah. yeah, an ex-player who had quite a lot of success as a player, who had a massive personality, who also owned the company, and then decided to do his entire brand around an extension of his public-facing personality. That is a, it, that's a business decision that's like made completely separate to anything else. The, looking back now at like those videos that they did when like, oh my God, like Nicole was in the throne with the crowd. Oh, oh my, so it's mega cringe now. Aging it? so yeah. badly. I mean, to More me, they were right. mega cringe at the time, but even now, like, oh my God, it's uh, just so bad now. Let but, me get out of your mind, by the way, that whole world, world. Uh, world. Like, what? Man, that was like, dude, no <laughs> joke. That could have been like a bad sketch on like the fast yeah. show or some like old <laughs> fucking little Britain or something like that was so fucking cringe. Oh. That's why when people like Captain Flowers were in there, I was like, you're just the fucking biggest sellout of all time, mate. What are you? doing but uh, it's doing. awful but i i mean i even get tilted when i see like managers who have no impact on the like, end results like storming stages the millisecond the team wins it's like have your fucking moment five minutes afterwards oh, please. Yeah, like, what they are, but there was a manager recently who actually for real when they won a championship i'm keeping it vague here did a picture that said we won and i just want to go bro it did what you did you could have done your job twice as good it wouldn't have affected what yeah, you exactly. lost. You could have done half as good they would have won still like did you win that one? Like, I even think, by the way, it's a bit of an aside, but what I think you should do as an org when you win is you should go out your way to acknowledge the stuff like that and go, you know, and thanks to them and how they aided us. But you should never do that shit they do in American sports where, you know, they'll give, like, the fucking, like, trainer, they give him a ring as yeah, well. Yeah. It's like... Mm. Bro, how was him helping my arm making it? You know what I mean? Like, come on. Because that 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 is gross. Because it's like, I don't want to, like, tell you you didn't do anything. But if you if you actually try to imply you won, I have to tell you you didn't do anything, yeah. didn't I? Like, no, exactly. Win. Sorry. But, you know, I mean, I, I live... Over, would the star player won the game on that one? <laughs> yeah. I lived... Uh... Oh my god, there was a sketch actually, an exact sketch they did. It was like, oh, he... spoiler, I wasn't referencing on this one, but this is one of the, the problems that Fnatic, the org, has had an enormous problem with their whole time. Every fucker who was a manager in that org, Rich, is always there for the trophy lift. Yeah. Like, oh, yes. they've, had, they've had some shameless fuckers over the years doing that. that. Where they were just they were trying to make it like they were like the second coach or something they'd make themselves sound like. But I lived I lived the most egregious example of this, right? Which is we brought in a manager once. I won't I won't uh, I well, won't okay. embarrass his name. Yeah, but right. this was the story i've told this story briefly before but this is when this guy came in actually whatever people can just it's impossible to tell the story about okay. people knowing is it cops no 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 but okay well, who's it then? Come on, that, it? but it's this man uh, the people the people can know the name if they bother to look it up oh, right okay anyway yeah so we uh we he came in during 2016 and he was the manager of fanatic when they went 18 and zero Oh, I know you talk about now. Ev what an absolute asshole this guy is. Yeah. Every single thing that he said was, guys, 
I went 18 and 0 last split. Why aren't oh, you listening to me? Hell. And oh. it, the best moment ever, after I saw it before, is when Forgiven went downstairs to like heat oh. up some food or something, and he like stops him and he's like, What are you doing? Eat this apple, it's healthier. And Forgiven's like, dude, get out of my way, get out of my face. I'm just trying to cook some food. He's like, Eat the apple, I went 18 and 0. Oh. We literally heard that from upstairs. Oh. We heard that up from upstairs. Hey, eat the apple 18 to zero. And Forgiven's like trying to bat this guy but off. This, like, all I'm oh. saying is this, Rich. Would this individual have a name construction that makes them sound like they're from the upper class? That would be my one question. Uh, yes. There you go. I know who it is already. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> look, it's, it's a sad thing. I wouldn't say the names. Like, like Rich says, if you want to know it, look on League PD, you'll find from that era. But it's it's not even a famous person. It's just someone no, who likes no, no. They really did act like they did it. Like they won. They yeah. won. Herman Dale or won it in single or whatever. You know? He's an interest. He's an interesting guy, though. This guy, like, I kind of like him in some respects. But yeah, he's a that, that was that was always funny. But you yeah, know, I think on the oh, by the way, small little tidbit i don't even know if this is true or not but you know how they listed like how the only actual championship they were eg really won was like the most recent valorant one yeah in essence i would actually take that away from her because i think essentially she was gone before they won it i mean i think in reality yeah. like keep in mind that when this letter kept like when she steps down officially she gives the leavers uh interview that was a terrible interview by the way and when uh obviously thorin like uh shares this email or whatever this is like way after the fact that the decision would have been made like way after like these things take time you don't just like leave a company in california like overnight and this shit happens the valorant uh thing they won was only a couple of weeks ago yep. i think in essence like if she ever brought that up, not that i will thankfully ever talk to this person in my life i would not even grant her that i'd be like nah you're out the door by then like if not literally, then in reality, like you had spiritually left the building. Who knows? Maybe that was the weight needed for them to fulfill their full potential. Who knows? That'll be a, a narrative I'll happily buy into any day of the week. So I'm not even going to give her that. I don't think she fucking contributed to that. And let's be real. This is someone who didn't know anything about esports at all when she came in. And as Thorin said, with, with all these managers or whatever, she had nothing to do with the performative aspects of how oh, any no, of these people not. performed or not. So fuck that. Um, I think like an important point to make in terms of like all these people who, and by the way, the people who were disputing this, and this was like the mo one of the reasons I wanted to talk about this because this was like the most pushed narrative oh, in like, crazy. the community. Many afterwards. people were yeah. us, weren't they? And yeah. what they were saying, but they weren't even saying like I worked in esports. They were saying. I am an American and I have worked for a company in America. And they were like, and I can tell you this is exactly how this goes. First of all, not almost none of you are working like senior positions. So you wouldn't even be on an email chain like this, buddy. You're at, behind the cashier's desk. You're not included on the CC. What the fuck are you talking about? And when you could tell, by the way, when they listen, like I worked in Hollister for, and I can tell you, mate, unless you're literally the CFO, you weren't on these emails. What are you saying? You fucking stacking shirts in the back what are you talking about these emails don't even exist in your world so half of these people are disqualified already when you see the companies they listed that they work for and by the way if they don't say exactly what role they were doing it's because they were a fucking tier one pleb doing absolutely nothing but stacking shelves so those are discounted and then the other people who are like yeah this is just part of the course it's america blah 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 like this was a very unique situation where the people who were writing the email as thorin said they'd plucked an intern out and made them CEO. So they're 
shoulder the way that email is written is also because they have to shoulder a lot of the responsibility for why this situation even exists so of course it's going to be written in a way where see how brilliant overall this was because we did x and this and she's the warren buffett of esports and this is great and this is great it's not like you were you know a headhunted from apple to work for microsoft right they don't have to like take the same level of responsibility you're just job hunting or you're just job jumping this is someone who they elevated to the top themselves like they would probably refer to it as like you know gr great grassroots work or something so of course it's going to be written in that way so this email didn't in any way shape or form represent some typical like generic template email for how these things work in corporate america what i would say though in terms of like the general question this aside because i think we've kind of to some extent proved that that connection is a load of nonsense i do think that american culture in general is a detriment to how successful they are in esports oh, like as a region like massively so i think so much as well because you get people who know nothing about esports or the space like nicole get put in these positions first of all that's obviously bad in itself secondly they uh they they don't do typical corporate america they do their best as i always call it like business cosplay interpretation of what mm -hmm. this is which is basically a load of time wasting nonsense which is what most of these orgs in america are built off of yep. And also you couple that with just the general point of how American culture works. And let's be real, like it doesn't take long to go on TikTok and you can see the state of American youth culture right now. Like they just have a bad attitude in general. Yep. Like people will always overstate certain things about like uh, aspects of Eastern culture where they think they understand exactly how it works, but they don't. But I can tell you that the difference between like Eastern culture and North American culture when it comes to how like bratty the children are and how the lack of discipline and stuff that shit's real that shit is absolutely real and that is also of course enabled by lackluster management and people who are put in positions of power who have no business being there so i do think that american culture because we always talk about the holistic angles of like all oh, the servers in uh the the wrong side of the country so the ping's bad and the sort of infrastructural reasons why na's bad at esports or the you know that they don't play 16 hours a day like koreans which means they're bad at esports these things to me are all secondary to the underlying modern day culture of american i sound like a proper fucking boomer now but <laughs> american youths like legit their, oh, no. their culture is Body not kids today. Yeah, the kids, <laughs> their culture is not conducive at all to being successful in fucking anything honestly but especially like esports or something where you have to really grind and like hone your craft and be guided by like level heads these level heads don't exist in esports for the most part especially in north america and they use a little fucking bratty cunts who've come from you know fucking yeezy america like it's just not not a good combination so i do think that overall american culture is probably actually the biggest cock block for why they suck generally speaking oh by the way small thing as well speaking of like jack from earlier whatever i don't know if you saw but the the tweet or post that she put out like when she left um like yeah. all these little fucking weasels because you know i'll never talk shit on jack from a sort of min-maxing business perspective so far as the restrictive esports winter parameters allow it right oh. when it comes to that kind of thing but this guy is fucking max level shameless networking with any scumbag oh, under the sun any little scandal involving his little minions like reggie or whatever he'll always be backing them saying oh good luck andy blah 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 of course with nicole the same thing like great Nicole's work nicole. spot. basically him and steve their problem even though i think in many respects like you said they're pretty legit they're actually just good at what yeah, they sure, do yeah. their biggest their biggest blind spot is 
if they know the person like this and they've been in orders meeting and had a drink or a coffee with yeah. you, they they somehow like that always supersedes the reality of what you actually did in real yeah. life. So the real joke, in fact, if people don't know, I'll just say this. Those people didn't call Carlos out over the fucking tweet. Like, the joke is they also extended that to him. They didn't say it. If you're sort of pals in their little circle, they, they'll never call you out, mate. You'll always, like, it's like this. The joke is they made it sound as though something happened to her, like something something horrible was done to her, yeah. and she had to step down, yeah. like, you know, sort of like, sorry, stay stuck. It's like, we're firing someone who did something horrible. What are you talking about? Like, I agree. That was a bit jarring. If you don't, like, if you're a fan and you don't know what those people are like, it's going to seem really weird. You're going to think they actually liked what she did. Yeah, exactly. So they did it, but they just sort of like, they, they just pretended it didn't happen. But the players just say nothing if you're that, that way inclined. Like, why the fuck are you agree. saying, good luck, Nicole? Comment, yeah. Like, it's tacitly, it's just tacitly supporting the devil. Good job. Like, what the fuck's wrong with you? So, yeah, those people are, yeah, but. Again, that's just American esports in a nutshell. For people who don't know, I've mentioned it a million times before, but they've always got their little cabal like at the top where these yep. people all swim in the same waters. So, yeah. Oh, it's never a free market. That's the biggest joke about America, isn't it? They always try to claim that's what they're setting up, and then they just set up cartelism 24-7 in every fucking area. Oh, by the way, the one last thing I would say is this. The other thing about the corporate American culture that is absolute shit in esports is like you say... Right, one, it's all a LARP. Like, they're not doing things even that make sense. It really is like some cargo cult shit. Like, what they'll do in American companies in esports is they just do that shit where it's endless meetings. You're just yeah. having arranged meetings. And then you go to these meetings. And I'm not joking. They don't even need to be a meeting. It's like a five-minute email chain that someone replies to. And then the rest of the meeting is just wasting your time. Like, you know, everyone being heard and validated. Like, fucking hell, these are nightmares. And the worst thing is when, you go, when you're someone who's, like, from Europe, and I've been, like, a lone wolf a lot of my career, when you, like, join one of these companies and you start doing that the first couple of times you're like oh these are a bit boring i hope they don't and you realize no but this is like this is what's gonna be like forever like this is just the, the fucking company and the worst thing is if you don't join in with those the dreaded fucking convo will happen of like are you not a team player do you not appreciate what we're trying to do here like for that they essentially in that one area the the plebs were right there is always an element of gaslighting in american corporate culture it's like that thing where they also do unironically even though you're so explicitly part of a cynical corporate giant structure they do also gaslight you that you're actually with your friends and this is your family which yeah. is like what that couldn't be more jarring like not at all though like actually you're just some scumbag company i work for they're definitely not friends like but they always try to make it like they're a family or some shit don't that's they? what i that was the one thing because like the people i work with so far as like american corporate culture goes the americans i work with they like they were generally like great people and if you read the statements and stuff they put out i think you'll see they were generally pretty good people but they did try and do the oh, we are a family thing yeah. and i'm just like uh like to be honest i do really like you guys but let's wind it back a I little know. bit let's Come just on. wind it back a little bit but by the way the difference like the overarching difference of why this happens in america and why this doesn't happen in europe i can give a good good reasoning examples of this is that Obviously, in America, they're so obsessed with, like, image and how they're perceived and they want to be seen as the big business people and, like, taken seriously and professional, even if they're not and even if they don't take any of those attributes. Whenever newer ERL teams come in, this happened a lot recently. Last offseason, I had three separate teams where this all happened, by the way, within, like, a week of each other. I'm talking to the team, whether it's about a player or whatever, and when they sort of start talking to me, they want to, like, pick my brain. Like, oh, you seem to know a lot about this. I'm... Basically, they say in a nice way they want to farm me for industry information, essentially, or things that can help them. And whenever I do speak to them, they'll always talk about how they're looking to set up the company and basically mirror whatever it was that they did in something else. And they'll say, we're going to have meetings at nine o'clock every Monday. Blah, blah. And I'm sat there listening to them. Like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And then whenever I catch up with these people, this is the difference, though, they'll have ditched it. 
so quickly. Like they had this idea right. in their head of like, oh, we're going to set up like this, and then they'll ditch it. The 9 a.m. meetings are just gone. In fact, meetings don't exist. It turns into a one month recap, which is like not even mandatory. And it's like, just reach out to me if you need something. Like these people, like just culturally, Europeans actually are much more inclined to be like, I want to do everything that I do is going towards the growth and prosperity of my business. Whereas in America, it's the opposite. It's like they want to be seen that everything is going through the growth and prosperity of the business. And again, it's like God of the Gap stuff as well. In America, it's, oh, Thorin, you've probably never worked in a really big proper business. So you don't know. In fact, it's what everyone on Reddit is telling you. You don't really know. But I see the suit. I know. Like, see that big office that I've rented, which I could have done from my computer. See that huge office. You just don't get it. You just don't get it. And that's Honestly, that's 70% of NA orgs. It's all the fucking, the buildings that they don't need to rent, the excess amount of staff, and they've all got secretaries, which they don't need. Like, I'm not being funny. These people are not inundated with like 200 emails a day. They're just not. They'll tell you they are, but they're not. Like, there's so much dead time when you work in esports. I'm not being funny. Like, by the way, one, and I'm, this is obviously an assumption, but I, you know, the, the way that, like, obviously you're kind of famous for your work ethic, but, I'm, you're using the time that you have, right? And then there's an output. Like, if you actually ask someone in America, like an American NA, uh, sports org or esports org, to show, like, timestamp what they've done in that day, it oh, would be there. front page Reddit. And it would yeah. be like, oh my God, what's happening? Is this how people are really spending their time? How endemic yeah. is this? Uh, like people would lose their mind. The only reason people know how much you do is because by definition, yes. you're a content creator. So they see yeah. it. Trust me, these people are just twiddling their thumbs and fingers. It's people on Reddit and playing games on side money. It really is. Yeah. just people wasting time. It's it? ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. Right. Was there an, anything else you guys want to add to uh, your and any of the topics today? Because I think you did definitely cover the the corporate america stuff i would just say if you haven't seen that email like you can go watch it there's somebody inside episode i think somebody even put it on twitter like i actually put it on twitter myself but i can't remember but it, do go and read this email for yourself like it is one of the funniest like it will it will be one of the memes that will be remembered like five like, put it this way this better be like a 5.5k fucking mm. dollars thing, <laughs> it's, it's worth it it's actually better than yeah. that it's like a way better bag it's got so like the joke is it almost has too many banger lines in it that they almost make you yeah. forget some of them you just like, got to quote the people you go on to be it's amazing it's actually amazing actually I've, i have one last question for fox right which is mm. if someone was gonna leak an internal email about you right who is the yeah. historical person that they, they would like to compare yeah. you to yeah. uh uh oh yeah who would be my historical comparison well it's got to be someone amazing obviously um but I would, I'll give you one. I'll give you mine. I would yeah. say Princess Diana because <laughs> okay. it seemed like on the LEC you had so much more to give. You were such a well-loved character, but Honestly, then taken too soon, never to return That's again. It. Like That's a candle the in the wind. That's the thing. Who would you pick? Give us a ridiculous one. Because you, you have to do EG style. You have to make it like someone so ridiculous. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. so, so what, what, what range are we within on this? Come on. Uh, Marilyn Monroe, cultural icon. There you go, there you go. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Yeah, definitely, definitely that one. And Bill Gates, just oh, Bill Gates. Uh, there you go. Okay. the work ethic and yeah, exactly. uh, general, general kind of philanthropism, yeah. you know. Uh, that's I'd, I'd say they're probably the top two, but there's, there's so many to choose from, it's hard to just pluck one out. Okay. I put them on the spot, obviously, but uh, yeah, definitely, um, definitely, like maybe Rasputin as well. 
because he had a, he was a bit of a goal. <laughs> Ross dropped that in there, okay. Marlon so, Rasputin got a nice. A, <laughs> I felt I covered a lot of bases there, to be honest. What's you know? sad is though, you you did yours like I said, like I said earlier, you made yours funny, but it's actually not even that much more ridiculous <laughs> than that at the same time. <laughs> even though you did pick Marlon Monroe and Rasputin, like you, you, know, you barely even been able to crank it up, and they're already at eleven. That's the problem in it, you know. What needs to happen is you've got to choose someone who is who is who who is just universally villainized in history and be like this person, but only the good bits. Yes. <laughs> only they're exactly. good. Only they're oh, good. But there's a, there's greater comparisons for Fox and Rasputin, you know, because you know, he was helping out the kids with uh, whatever that condition was, but they thought they was trying to point, you know, it's like, just like you were, or whatever it was. Yeah, right, helping right, out yeah. LEC, you know, really doing okay. maybe not putting quite the right role, and then before you know yeah. it, they wrap you up in a carpet and chuck you over the bridge and never to be seen yeah. again. So, Clank yeah, but you weren't dead, were you? They thought they killed you, you go, but they exactly. hadn't. And then, you know, a few months later, Blade Naraka, whatever the fuck it's called. Yeah, boom. that's the one. Like a phoenix from the ashes, but just maybe like maybe like a, you know, a pigeon of some description. Maybe a gull. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And uh, what about you, Thorin? Robin Hood, maybe? It'd have to be something like, like you know, fucking Richard the Lionheart and the Crusades or something. Or, you know, I did again. This is why it would be appropriate. All I did was just like a bunch of esports <laughs> in Australia. But no, no, I actually fought like a holy war for God. Nah, and all of the, the, the corporate invaders okay. came to try and... By the way, there was a good, uh, you probably saw it, there was a good Reddit. The to see it was the original anti-immigrant position yeah. within UK politics. So yeah, <laughs> well, good, good okay. shot on that one. Okay. But there was, see, it's <laughs> funny in history, he's remembered as a positive fact, but that's, you twisted that a certain way. That's interesting. I did, yes. But there was a Reddit thread after like one of the TSM scandals or something where one of the top rated comments was, does uh does um uh Thorin really think he's actually like a crusader? Like, does he actually oh, think? Oh, and then he's like, next <laughs> next he'll be saying he's next his graphic will be Jesus on the cross. Yes. This guy's hubris <laughs> is out of control. It's a general rule: the most annoying people are the ones who don't even know it's a joke, and they just take like really believe like no. Oh. It's like when I said I am esports. Like anyone who actually, because the, the reason why that was actually like a genius, like line in the sand, is anyone who knows me wouldn't even take up like one second. Like oh, it's just fucking wild and he, the people who are like you know he really believes he is esports. Like nah. at this point, yeah, just believe that, mate. Like it's more funnier if you actually think that that is what I think because there's just no way is that come on. It's also really good it's when personality is it? Come on, mate. it's also really good when they tell you that that is definitely what you believe. That's always a awesome. great great line to hear yeah. from a redditor. So yeah, good stuff. Anything else, boys, before we wrap up today's oh, episode? We all good? We covered I things? think I, I will, by the way, I think I, I would go for William the Conqueror, you know, because okay. of the, the slight yeah. French connection, obviously, the, okay. the genius strategical retreat yeah. into the re engage, and uh, of course, influenced the entirety of Britain over the next thousand years, which will probably also be my legacy, I'd imagine. So, yeah, okay. uh, conservative. I've gone for a humble, a humble. Humble one, but I think it's the most fitting. See, my joke would be you'd be more like one of those kings when England was actually divided up into those multiple kingdoms. You'd be one of the ones in the north who were trying to play the Dane Geld to pay the Danes to go away in a way that's joking about the Svenskeren thing. It's all, it's all good. We've all seen Vikings. It's all good. It's all good. Banger show. 5.5 fucking hogs. Yeah. Exactly. You can have it. Do you know what's sad about that, by the way, is even though obviously the scale went way crazier in league, dude, even to this day, 5.5k yeah. a month salary is not bad, is it? Like, still pretty good fucking money. 50k signing bonus. Now. Yeah, yeah, that's legit. I'll take it. I'm not good at League of Legends, but if you're still offering. I'll think about it. 
Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, you think about that. In the meantime, we'll be back next week for the uh, award show for the LEC, if I'm not mistaken. Some sort of award show, at least, isn't it? Yeah. Well, tail end or what will be tail we'll end. We'll do of our next years week. or yeah. whatever. Yeah, exactly. That's the one. Excellent stuff. So you, we disappear for months at a time, and now we come back like buses one a week. Brilliant stuff. Thanks for watching, guys. We'll see you soon.